0: Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This episode 134, Fast and Furious Spy Racers, Season One,
1: Lap Seven. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode's brought to you by the i Spy Memory Game, a game of picture riddles. It combines beautiful photographs, familiar object collections, and rhyming riddles to create brain-teasing puzzles kids and adults can't resist. Shout out to Briar Patch and the iSpy Memory game.
0: Shout out indeed, and welcome back to the show. This is, we're mixing things up in case you didn't listen to the end of the previous episode. We are not doing Furious 7 today, we're doing Spy Racer Season 1, because on Friday we are covering the just now newly released, now available on Netflix, Fast and Furious Spy Racers Season 2. So today, Nico and Kevo are joining us for the first season. Then, Joe, you and I are doing Season 2 on Friday. And then Nico and Kevo are coming back next week for a bonus Nico-Kevo episode, regularly scheduled for us, to talk about the Season 2 episodes again. So three in a row, Spy Racers. A
1: lot of Spy Racers. It's a lot. A
0: lot of Spy Racers. (laughs) And as, as we will talk about in the back half of this, never thought we would watch it again. And here we are talking about it once again. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. No, definitely not. Just a lot of Spy Racers the past week. <laughs> all 16 episodes in my brain, for at least for the time being. So boy, but it's extracurricular so activities. Joe, aside from watching all of these Spy Racers episodes over and over again, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Rachel and I came down to visit her parents. So oh, right. In... You're there now. Okay. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yes. So I'm in Delaware currently. That's pretty much it, man. We were watching a ton of Spy Racers Oh, you know what? I was watching the NHL free agency opening yesterday too.
0: What is the how do they televise that? Like what does that actually include?
1: It was the first day of free agency, so it's kind of like the trade deadline day. NHL Network at noon, they were like, Okay, free agency's open and then like, you know, you start seeing all the tweets come in, like, this guy's going here, this guy's going to go here. I was just, you know, curious and fascinated by what was going to happen yesterday, because there's, like, all these goalies on the market, and it seemed like everybody just played goalie musical chairs all day. Well, clearly, you don't need any goalies. We, oh my god, we literally signed another goalie this morning, I swear to god. Very, very cool. This, that was, like, the joke. I woke up this morning, I was like, Rachel, guess who the Penguins just signed? She was like, is it another goalie? I was like, it is another goalie. So, yeah, in the past, you know, four days, the Penguins have drafted two goalies, signed a goalie, and traded a goalie. Very, very, very cool. It reminds me of, like, when um, the Niners, like, took this punter in the fourth round, and I kept making fun of Zach about it. We're like, oh, yeah, you got the best punter in the draft, like good job bud.
0: Well, if you remember back, I don't know if you were following the NFL that closely back then, but like in 01, I want to say maybe 04, early 2000s, the Raiders took Janikowski in the first round. Like people were like, <laughs> "What?" And like he is, you know, one of the generation's best kickers and like he, yeah. was, he made a like he was, you know, the best for a long time, right? But like yeah, that's a high price to pay.
1: It is and like people might not know, but you have to pay people in the NFL draft based on their like draft pick number? I don't know. Maybe back then, maybe not. I don't think
0: it was back then. Yeah, I mean, it's different. Like, they, they did that, I think, explicitly to keep things down because, like, number one quarterbacks were getting, like, because the Raiders also took, like, to Marcus Russell and paid them a whole lot of money and he was a bust. And I think that yeah. changed to help teams as opposed to help players, like it raised other people, but like, there's like the slotted what they should get paid, essentially. Yes. So yes. like a rookie deal quarterback, a good quarterback on a rookie deal is like the most
1: valuable thing or whatever. But
0: yeah, if they if they drafted a quarterback in the, or if they drafted a kicker now in the first round, like they he would be getting quarterback money, which is crazy. Insane.
1: That's what I was doing yesterday. Nothing much besides that. How about you, buddy? What are you been up to?
0: Well, the Yankees lost, but it was a good series and uh, they just didn't hit essentially, which is <sighs> okay. They stretched to five, which was good. That's good. Uh,
1: your boy, Garrett Cole, former Pirates, and Tyler Glass. Now both both former Pirates pitchers were pitching yes. against each other yesterday. It's just like it's like laugh at Pittsburgh Day.
0: The Yankees and the Rays played like they had like the Pirates Bowl kind of several times this year. um yeah. they played Glasno versus Cole three or four times I think. The Rays won every single game, and this time you know early in the year Cole just didn't have a shit together. Like they signed him to a nine-year, $324 million deal. Insanity. It was huge money, and, like, he was just not good. I don't know, I would say he actually, he wasn't good for a while. Like, he just, like, was, like, you know, ERA of, like, four to five, like, not great. Like, especially, you know, league, ab- like, below league average, and especially for somebody making $36 million a year, right? But then he <laughs> yeah. got his act together, uh, got well. a different catcher who did well, and, like, he threw five innings of one hit ball last night, the only hit he gave up was a home run, but he left tied 1-1, and uh, the Yankees wound up losing 2-1, so...
1: Oh, that's a, that's a low-scoring game, too, yeah.
0: It is a low-scoring game. Now the Rays are going to go to face the Astros, who just came off the cheating scandal, but now, in a year without cheating, still made the ALCS and, like, look dominant. Wow. Um, so sorry, Wells, that the A's lost to the Astros. It's a weird thing to, like, do you want... Should you root for the Astros, who are, like, no. absolute villains, but also now they're like, hey, no, we're actually good. Like, there's an interesting Dynamic. story element there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I would say fuck them. Like, until yeah. all those guys are gone, down the line. Like, I want, like, a whole staff overhaul. And once that's done, then I'm like, then you can be like, okay. Like, you you don't have to carry this burden forever, but as long as they still have people that were part of the cheating scandal, then fuck them.
0: I don't know what to think about it. I mean, it's, it's impressive, but I don't want to root for them. I think I'm rooting for the Dodgers like if the Rays weren't Yankee killers I would root for them because they are like everything they do about how they build the team and everything is just impressive and amazing yeah. and super cool yeah. I, I can't you know I can't root for them so I think I'm rooting for the Dodgers just because you know that's kind of boring but you know they have Mookie Betts who I love and they're just a cool good team to like so they're you know, the Yankees, or the NL, whatever, but it is what it is, so I'm not I'm not sure if I'm going to watch baseball, because it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I like I sports, you. but I'm more so just like the Yankees, so.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things, if it's on, it's on.
0: I'm trying to think, I don't think there's anything else, no Spelunky updates at the moment. I, we, we keep saying this, I don't know if we have explicitly said it, but we moved recordings from Sunday to Saturday because of football, so now there's one fewer day in between, and so these Tuesday episode updates are less exciting just because there's literally less time i think we've like we've alluded to that but i don't know if we explicitly said like why yes. i why i think yeah. we both struggle to come up with anything' cause it's literally 48 hours or maybe 60 hours and like three sleeps in there right so like there's not t- there's not time to talk about things so
1: and we have to catch up for this right so like yes. if you watch spy racers that's three and a half hours it's like okay mm-hmm. well, that's what i did also you
0: know nothing is really going on in the world right like we're anyways just, yeah uh, Joe, we have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me. And I went out of order again today because we only have one email, but it's an important one. New $5 patron, meet Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Ooh. Montez.
1: Well, thank you, Montez. It's appreciated. So she, I'm guessing she's catching up and decided to up her. Right? She was already on it, right?
0: No, she wasn't. This is a brand new patron. Jenny was oh. on it. Melissa was on it. Melissa, um, but that's I think this. She probably got to the first episode, like, where we introduced it or whatever. So I think, you know... Oh, that's
1: cool. Well, thank you, Montez. Her. It's yeah, appreciated. It's Montez.
0: We already sent Montez a sticker because, like we said, you know, she's core to our DNA. But, uh, you know, we're going to have more stickers coming out to you. So hopefully, you know, you can give one to... You. I mean, your her her son was already...
1: You should put one on her baby. Just put one well, on her I mean, baby.
0: he was holding the sticker. He's a, he's already a fan. So, yeah, but <laughs> give awesome. him more stickers. Let's, let's make it happen.
1: Exactly. So, without further ado,
0: shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Miller and Nick Burris, Alex Ellen and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. Ew. Which, by the way, that used to be like the midway point, and I knew I could take a breath there, but now that we've added a couple <laughs> people, it's like, I don't know.
1: you're like a battle rapper.
0: Haley Gerby's West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato Di Donato, and Jessica Collins, aka Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting at the five dollar level or above. It is truly
1: appreciated. It is very appreciated. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: If you are at the ten dollar level or above, you can get movies to pick. We are now oh in Important note, we are now officially halfway through this lap. This marks episode 25, and there are going to be 48, I think, 48 episodes this lap. We have still... It feels like we've been in this lap forever. And that's not a bad thing to Nico and Kevo, but, like, it feels like forever. We are finally halfway there, so... We're not really close to lap eight, but we're closer-ish to lap eight, so... That's cool. Oh, I do want to say, before we get into the news, so we, we talked about this at the end of this episode with Nico and Kevo, but we yes. are participating in a panel at Comic-Con. It's going to be live-streamed on YouTube. New York and Comic-Con. so stay tuned for information at the end of this episode, what that's about. Also, I will say, in terms of the link and everything, just stay tuned to our Twitter page, at Forever on there. Um, and we are going to, you know, send out the link. I think, from what I understand, I think anybody can watch it. I think it's open to the public. Um, yeah, it but like we that, we will right? find out. Yeah. Go to Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and find out what's going on there. But that's happening tomorrow night, I think at 7 Eastern. So Wednesday the 14th? What is this? 14th yes family at cageclub.me if you want to email us about it or just at too fast you forever on twitter to find the link over there but should be cool it's gonna be you me rachel Nico. i think that's it maybe kevo, kevo but i'm not sure i don't know if kevo is kevo involved
1: felt like it i think so why wouldn't he be involved
0: tomorrow night wednesday the 14th on the comic-con youtube page i think the official. i don't know
1: we'll find out we sound so confused about it because Nico is actually the man behind everything so it's not it's not like joey is preparing it right so
0: we're all we're all in it together we're gonna figure it out but uh we're it's gonna be cool i think it's about half an hour i think but it's a half just an hour, again yeah. stay tuned for all that stuff and you know we'll get it done so yeah very yeah. cool very opp- very cool opportunity i think and shout out once again to nico for I appreciate thinking of him. us and pitching it and the the comic-con people for letting us talk there
1: yeah it's gonna be Cool. I like I'm I'm still in shock about it and I think that it's gonna be an awesome thing. So hopefully we find new Fast and the Furious fans, right? Like that's yeah. That's the main goal is to to just tell everyone like, Hey, there's something in there for you and I'm sure you guys know that. So, you know, spreading preaching the gospel of Dom. Yes.
0: Truly, truly. So check that out. On the streets, Joe, any news about The Fast and Furious? That was the news about us. But any news about The Fast and Furious that you have seen in the last couple of days? No, I haven't. Other than the TV show is out.
1: I think I had a dream last night that there was like another Fast and the Furious thing that was coming out.
0: Well, I was thinking about while I was watching, because as people probably know, as we record this, we are about to record the back half of the next episode, so we just watched season two. Yeah. I was thinking about while watching it that like the, the last thing that... We got Fast and Furious. I mean, there's the video game, but like the last like video content we got was the first season that was at Christmas and now there's this That's again, great. right? So like yeah, there's just we were you know, supposed have a movie
1: in between, but we didn't. So yeah.
0: Flooding, yeah, flooding our feed with this. Because the way the animation works is usually like, I think like a three year window ish between whatever and whatever? 3 year window really? Generally, I mean I think it depends on the kind of animation, but it often can be you know 3 mi- three years between when they actually like do the voices or like start or whatever and when it actually hits stuff. So
1: So like essentially like if you're making a show like this, they would have to have already cleared season 2 by the time season 1 was being done.
0: I don't know how Netflix does it, but I think that they generally would like say, "Hey, we'll, we'll give you two or maybe three seasons, and we'll go from there." There was a Family Guy writer that I was on a podcast I was listening to, and he was talking about how many episodes they like what they were working on pandemic-wise, right? Because like, well, we're actually like eighteen months like we have like eighteen months of like episodes written, like we're doing like, basically a season and a half from now. Yeah, in animation, like live action stuff, I think is more maybe three, four, five months, depending on what it is, like when things get released or whatever. Animation, like there might be like a dry spell in animated shows, not this upcoming year, but maybe
1: 2022. I don't know. I feel like animation might not be, be Like, I don't know, I'm talking off the top of my head, but I feel like animation might not be hit as hard because you could essentially do this work kind of from home.
0: The difficult part is the actual drawing of it. So, like, if if they outsource to Korea or to wherever, right? Like, it's, uh, are they able to be in a room and draw it? Okay. But, you know, but yes, the voice animation. work, absolutely. You can do it from, like, your bedroom closet, right? So they can have, exactly. like, a nice like soundproof us, yeah. room and a nice microphone, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So any other news, that you? no other news that you've seen?
1: No, no, no none on my end. Nope.
0: All right. Then, Joe, the Ana Lucia Cortez Leticia Ortiz lost for a minute episode S.O.S. And this, again, a Rose
1: and Bernard episode. Whew. I was super, super pleasantly surprised by that. But you told me last time and I was like, oh, this is fun.
0: So this was supposed to be just a very quick thing off the bat, which I did not know. Like, I, I don't think I ever read any of the trivia early, you know, like when I was watching the show live, but this was supposed to be like a season three episode with Rose and Bernard. The woman who plays Rose, who was L. Scott Caldwell, got busy with other projects. And so they, they want to make sure that they told this story. And so they had this happen now in season two, as opposed to, you know season three or whatever because they just didn't know if she because i think she goes away for a while like she comes back obviously but like i think just the actor got busy doing other things and so they want to tell the story and so that's cool and the sad part is that this was a story that she inspired because her husband in real life died of terminal cancer and so oh this is you know a little bit of inspiration because in this episode we find out that rose has or had cancer yes
1: Maybe the island healed her, too. We don't know. We do, we do not know. She she thinks that the island healed her. And you know the power of your mind, man. That's all that Truly. matters.
0: So what are your thoughts about this episode? We are nearing the end of season two. Our next episode, as we talked about, is an Lucia episode. She's in a little bit
1: here. Yes. But uh, what are your thoughts here for SOS? The Letty moments. We see, like, Letty reading. But we get, like, actually one of the best Ana Lucia-Letty crossover moments in this episode. Uh, her wrenching, whatever she's wrenching? She's wrenching she is she's using a ratchet what is she doing what is she working on i have no fucking idea dude like they don't explain it she's just wrenching yeah I, I was it, thinking the same thing is it's like is it part of like a security system or like is she repairing part but like she's actively using a socket so it's some kind of mechanical thing right
0: it reminded me of when we were doing the fast and furious minute and we're like what is leon working on like well then he's just like he's like working just like with wrenches while they're watching tv at night right like it's kind yeah, of one so it's, of those like things. rebuilding a
1: carburetor or something yeah but, like we don't know because it's not, like, essential to this plot. They just have her wrenching, which I was like, fair play. Why? I don't get it. It was just like, hey, remember her from Fast and the Furious? Let's really remind you that she's in Fast, <laughs> like, in Fast and the Furious. I was like, yeah. hey, interesting choice, but it worked.
0: Again, but another episode where she's not really in.
1: He's still locked up. Jack decides that he wants to go try to trade him for Walt that's the plan the rose and bernard story is like rose's husband bernard wants to create a giant sos sign so that if a plane flies over because they know that there's a plane that flew over to drop the food that it knows that they're there and they need help and then you know we go through the whole thing where she had cancer and he took her to australia for their honeymoon so they're recently married which is cool that was something i didn't predict right like they're they got together as an older couple.
0: He's been the bachelor for fifty six years. He's tired of yeah. waiting or whatever he says. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's like a really cool play that like I never really think about, right? He wants to do that and we see that he took her to Australia for their honeymoon because he wanted to take her to this healer. She gets to the healer and he's like, Can't help you here. And she's like, okay, cool. And but she lies to him and says, Yes, I'm cured because she doesn't want him to constantly be trying to cure her. He just she just wants to like, you know, spend her last months, years, whatever, with him and just, you know, live free.
0: I thought for a second that the healer was Claire's psychic. Remember the psychic who's like, yes. you have to go to America to get rid of... I'm like, it just, it's just an Australian dude. It's like a 50-year-old Australian dude that I just confuse as a different person. But yeah.
1: He had Australian... My, like, every Australian, Australian looks, the same, yep. <laughs> looks the same to you.
0: It's not, it's not the looks as much as just sounds the same to me, right? But yes, exactly. yeah, exactly. The return, that trip is why they were on the plane going back to yes. L.A., right? So that's when, and, you know, a very brief moment where she drops a bottle of pills or whatever in the, in, the, in the airport, and Locke picks them up and gives it to her from the wheelchair. So yeah, so that's why they were down under.
1: And she knows that Locke was in a wheelchair. So that's why she, like, has that conversation with him when they're sitting there, like... I know the island healed you. Yep. I'm not going to tell anyone, but like I remember you were in a wheelchair. Yeah. I just wanted to murder Kate so bad in this episode. Jack and Kate are walking to go try to find the others to make this trade, and there's like a baby doll on the ground, and Kate's like, what is this baby doll? And Jack's like, don't touch it, Kate. And like as he's saying like don't touch it, of course her dumbass picks up this doll and gets netted,
0: which I thought was very funny because he's like oh you can hear me like he says something to her when they're both in the net and she's like uh, you know because I just you know he's <laughs> he's saying what I'm sure you're shouting yes.
1: I had a question for Rachel as I'm watching this episode. I'm like am I the only one that hated Kate? Was there outrage at her from the fans while? Oh the no, show everybody was... hated Kate. I think really. Because she said no, that I was like, that like, I specifically have a large hate. I mean, Rachel
0: might know better than me, but I think, I mean, in a lot of my friends hate Kate and they hate Jack too. So like, it's, it's, you're not alone. I don't know if in the time, like the first time I watched the show, it's, it's different. I think maybe now 16 years after the show began or whatever, but like the show is so firmly wants to put you in the Jack and Kate camp and like, they're the heroes and they're the ones or whatever. But like, I don't think people like them, especially by the end. I think they're just like, you know, for better or worse, right? Like they're just,
1: they there. Bear. That's what I'm trying to figure out because, like, this is my first watch through. So I'm like, is she supposed to be as annoying as she is? And, like, reflectively, I can see people being like, oh, you know, like once the show wraps, because they know the whole trajectory of the character arc, and like at that point, you can like you know reestablish what you feel and like learn, like see different things in it. So I'm like, that's what I'm wondering. Like, am I missing something? Like, is there like a point where you're like, oh yeah, she's great, or um, do I just hate her now? Am I on the right emotional path? The main thing is the end of this episode, and that's that we get Michael back. Beaten and bloodied and thrown at their feet, yep. You don't see anybody else, right? It's just, like, pouring rain.
0: Yeah, Jack goes out to where he met Tom Friendly and the whole group of people, and he's just like, we're going to do the trade, and they just wait there. He's like, I'm going to wait as long as it takes. That's when Michael shows up, or they just dump him, but we don't see who dumps him or anything like that, so
1: yeah. Yeah. There was no, like, lead up to this. It's just, like, Michael's, like, thrust upon them on the ground, and he's, like, bloody and beaten yep and so michael's back that's cool
0: we have charlie and echo you were right they were building a church.
1: charlie admits it you're right yes i i took a guess but i think that like it made sense right like so yeah i felt i felt good about that when he's like they're building a church i was like see i knew it that was a good one
0: the other thing i liked about this in terms of the bernard element of it all is that we have him being cranky and being an asshole to people and like uh, everybody's angry at him for the way he's behaving but he has a reason like he's like my wife is healed and I want to spend my life with her now or whatever now that you know now that she's finally healed yeah. by this guy that I you know I brought her to right They're newlyweds
1: like, yeah as much as they're like an old couple they're they're still newlyweds he's like I want to you know start doing things with her so she
0: says i need to confess to you that uh he didn't heal me i lied to you but this island healed me he's like okay cool like if the island healed you i don't have to be an asshole we can just hang out here because this is where you're meant to be yes
1: and he has a point it seemed it seems like everybody's gotten a little too comfortable right you guys are getting a little too relaxed that like this is you're starting to build routines and stuff like nobody's trying to be like hey we're getting out of here anymore it's like hey we're just living here so like as much as he is being an asshole i kind of feel his vibe like that's right
0: yeah Kate tells Jack about the other hatch, saying that she felt out of the club. Like, she was holding that, you know, a God, secret she's because...
1: she's so stupid. I know.
0: But, I mean, there is there is a club. Like, there is... There, there, <laughs> there know, is a club. You know, she's annoying, but Jack does keep secrets from everyone. And, like, you know, for the greater good or whatever. But, like, they're all in this together. And people are getting comfortable here probably because they don't know what's actually going on on the island. Right? Like, it's crazy. It, it's craziness out there.
1: It was just... It was, like, such, like, a... Weird, like, well, now that we're, like, talking again, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, man, like, you guys need to work as a team. Like, why are you doing this weird, like, clicky bullshit? That's what would happen, I'm sure. So
0: Yeah. The only other thing I want to say is that there's a line from Anna. She says, hey, I pushed your button. And Locke says it's not my button, but I think it's just kind of a hey, you know, I, I push your button. So, yikes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the next episode is two for the road, and this is a Ana Lucia episode. So we are nearing oh, nice. the end of the season. I think there's like four episodes left, so we're almost done with season two, which is pretty exciting. That it's is. It's cool. a slow endeavor, but it's getting there. We're getting there. It's building up, and I'm, the important thing is that you like the show.
1: Yeah, Rachel said the same thing. She's she's really stoked at, at how much I'm enjoying it, and I really do think that the pacing for this show is helping me. Curb my. We do this thing where, like, Rachel and I will, like, blow through a show real quick and then burn out, like, immediately and just stop. And it's just because we get, like, really excited about something, we, like, just jump into it. You know, as much as I say that I get frustrated with, like, weekly releases and stuff like, you know, TV Now, it makes it more um, palatable. Like, when you release, like, you know, 20 episodes on Netflix in one day, like, Rachel and I will watch, like, 12 of them in a night and then be like, okay, we're good for a while.
0: Yeah, there's a reason that TV worked for 70 years the way it did.
1: <laughs> exactly,
0: yes. There's so much that I want to watch, but basically, if a show is on TV-TV, like, on broad podcast I'm current on it because I'm able to keep up with one a week for however long I get overwhelmed when I'm like cool there's a show that I know I'm gonna love but it's just 10 hours and oh oh, by the way there's two more shows coming out next weekend that I really want to see and there's another show the weekend after. it's just like there's too much at once and mm-hmm. instead of just doing an hour a day or whatever just slowly
1: doing it I feel like it's just overwhelming right so I don't know you don't seem to get as burnt out as I do though like I'm like crash and burn situation so like you you're like if you do it you but you pace yourself too so I guess this plays into it
0: so yeah four I think four more episodes this season and the next one is the important one because it's the Ana Lucia one but we will get there when we get there next episode two for the road Because that's the benefit of um, not doing, like, a a main canonical movie. No deleted scenes, as far as we know, right? So that we can just keep going with the uh, Lost for a Minute and the Fast and Furious Minute, which we'll do now. Minute 92, and it's a complicated title on purpose. I called it R.I.P. Jesse, parentheses, last name unknown, parentheses, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, to 2001, question mark. We don't know his last name. We don't know when he's born. We also don't know if we're actually taking place in 2001 or not. I think it's probably 2004 as we talked about like as Wes has written in, right, with the yes. revised timeline. But yeah, so we don't know anything about Jesse, but RIP. I'm so
1: scared right now. I don't know what's going on. Jess! What were you thinking, man? I don't know. I'm panicked. I'm sorry. I'm scared. I scared you, please help me.
0: this minute jesse apologizes to dom who tosses his gun aside to appease brian dom's spidey sense tingles mm-hmm. as he hears johnny tran and lance approach on their motorcycles johnny tran and lance shoot up 1327 kill jesse and riddle his car with bullets mia hides in the porch as dom scrambles across the grass and into the line of fire dom and mia rush to help jesse they embrace him but it's too late brian shoots after johnny tran and lance then gets in his car to chase them down Dom gets up to follow as Mia begs him to stay.
1: This is a great minute. And it's again another self-contained one. It's like the full of Jesse getting shot. It was it was powerful. That's for yeah. sure. The Spidey Sense thing is great. I like that a lot. Good call.
0: Uh, three of them get it. Like Dom yeah. and Brian and Jesse all get this like slow motion turn. Mia's the only one there who doesn't.
1: Yeah, you're right. I was I, I think I attributed Jesse's to Mia, but when I remember it in my head, even after watching The Minute Now, I imagine that like Everybody but Jesse gets a Spidey sense. Yeah, no, with
0: Jesse, Jesse's is the status because he knows, you know, it's about, it's the end for him. So you, you found some cool things. I do not know what you found this minute because you said, don't click on this. I've got yes. things to tell you. But what's going on? What's what's very cool that you have found for me in this minute or for us, for everyone in this minute?
1: I got the gun, got the car. Is like some of the cars on the street, the motorcycles that they're on. That was the normal stuff. OK, so first check out the location of the scene.
0: Is this different from just the 1327 house? Oh, yes, that camera angle is perfect. Yep, that's how they come up.
1: Okay, so I got that, right? And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And if you look, Bob's Market or Toretto's Cafe is actually right there. And the way that they Very cropped cool. the shot, if you could see to just to the right of the stop sign in this minute, you would be looking at Toretto's Cafe, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty much the exact angle that they're pulling up around. And I was like, that's interesting. The other thing that I did was we've never really done this before. Or at least I, do, I don't remember doing this. So I knew that he was coming around the corner down the street from Dom's house, right? So I was like, okay, what's the address of the Toretto house? And mm-hmm. it's 722 East Kensington Road, okay? That's 1327. That's 1327. We okay. knew this, right?
0: That's one thing that like I know that we had found it, but I, I would never, like it's one of those, I, I don't know the address, you know what I mean? But yes, yeah. I believe you.
1: Now click on the don't click here yet one.
0: Oh, it's blurred out.
1: Did you know this? If you go to Google Maps Street View and you try to look at the Toretto house from Street View, it's blurred. I
0: wonder, yeah. I mean, I know why, but I also wonder why.
1: I don't know. There's a there's a parking cone on their steps, so people just, like, don't fucking come up my steps and take pictures on the porch, because that would be really annoying. <laughs> the house is just blurred on Street View. Like, Why? You're right. Like, this is what I was thinking. Like, you have to know that you bought the Toretto house, right?
0: That's the thing. Because we, we, talk, we talked about before about, like, when I visited from afar, respectfully, the Walter White House, or, like, from Breaking yeah. Bad, and they were, like, so angry. It's like, yeah, but, like, you either you bought the house or you, like, let them rent it. Like, what did you expect?
1: Yeah. And even if you're, like, a new buyer of the house, like, it's not like buying a car. It, like, if, if you knew a car used to be a rental car, right? You'd be like, oh, I bet people beat the shit out of this rental car. Yep. Like you it it comes with the territory, right? Like so that was that was a really interesting thought that I had, like a really interesting thing that I found out this time that you can't do it. You're absolutely right. It looks like there's an apartment building to the left of it. So you were right, there was like oh, there's like stairs that go up, but it's they kind of live next to this apartment building and the other cool thing is if you turn around and look across the street, that would be our bedroom that faces the Toretto house right there. (laughs) And you see there's like a window. So I'm imagining maybe we need to do like a split wall so that when we're both naked, we're not like standing, you know, side by side looking at the Toretto house. We'd kind of have to like split the that room through the middle so that you get a window, I get a window, and we can both stare at the Toretto house at night.
0: I wonder how long it would get boring. I feel like after like a week, it'd be like, yeah, cool.
1: Okay not even a week. Maybe not even a week. Like six hours. You'd be like, I just want to
0: Airbnb it. I don't want to live there.
1: I just want to Airbnb it. I was actually just, before you said that, I was thinking like, I wonder if this house is like for Airbnb rent. There has to be one in this neighborhood, right? That you could rent that's like down the street. And I'm sure that whoever owns 1327 like hates those people because it's
0: almost, I would guess, largely rented out by people who are fans of the movie, fans of the franchise. Check
1: in. We'll check in tomorrow. Check out Sunday. Yeah, there's ones that are like around there. Airbnb obviously doesn't tell you the addresses of these things. so. Oh, right, yes. That makes
0: so sense. So you just pick the neighborhood or whatever, right? Pretty much?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's like a bunch of downtown apartments and cozy rooms for rent right around that area. So I guess we could we could kind of figure it out. But yeah.
0: Oh, so I want you to start clicking click on some of these clothing pictures. So I was noticing like... This is like the last ten or twelve minutes have all happened within the same hour or two, like the same morning at least, right? Because they they do the, tr- the the heist and then they you know send Vince off to the hospital and then they go back to the house or whatever. Yes. But I'm note so like the clothing has not really changed. But I've noticed here that Dom is wearing shoes. They're like probably boots that have like what looked like two inch lifts kind of, which according to Google, Vin Diesel, I think is six feet. So it doesn't need it. But like, I know Paul Walker's a couple inches taller, but I wonder if this was like to give him a little bit of height, but he's very visibly wearing shoes that give him a little bit of extra height here. But then if you click on Mia's, Mia's wearing these things that probably have like a four or five inch lift in the back, which is great. Like it's a huge, maybe just at the time, I don't know. Kara, right in. There's like a four or five inch heel, but like yeah. it's like a block or like a wide or like a chunk heel or whatever it's called. Wedge. It is insane. And I'm like, whoa. So like I thought doms are crazy that look kind of like actor shoes. And this kind of looks like fashion. They came from Race Wars, right? Brian and Mia? Yeah, they came from
1: Race Wars. There's reason to be fashionable there, but I mean she's also home, right? So she could have changed. Because because we see Dom's shirt still have blood on it, so he didn't change. Right. And he's walking out. Dom gets home goes straight to the garage. And gets his gun.
0: Mia goes inside to do whatever Mia's doing, maybe getting cleaned up or whatever, like a
1: normal person would do. But I'm saying, like, the timing is so short. Like, because we're led to believe that, like, Dom had just arrived at home, walks in the garage, grabs a gun, and is is walking out as Brian pulls up. Mm -hmm. So how many seconds could Mia have been in the house, like, as this exchange starts taking place? Like, three, maybe? Like, she she might have, like, unlocked the door. That's about as far as she would have gotten.
0: Good question. Good call. Good question.
1: Unless, like, Dom was, like, dicking around or, like, putting parts of the car together and she's been inside for longer but it's it It seems like he like walked in walked out
0: there are a couple other pictures oh, i'll just put pictures of uh johnny and lance what they're wearing here johnny again i think we talked about this a while ago when we called it the first time but he has black helmet with what looks like maybe like the green doctor's staff like the snakes around the staff but it kind of also looks like a yoda head i'm sure it's
1: not but like you know i think that's just like fun time decals for motorcycle helmets like i think that that's I think that, that just just like, exists, like it's the branding of the motorcycle helmet. That makes sense. More so than, you know, he put this decal on it. It seems like something that would have been there when he purchased it.
0: And the only other thing of note that I wanted to mention, I think I said this last time, I thought the song that was playing last time was the song Fourth Floor by BT. I think that's the song that actually starts here. So I don't know what the last minute song was. I didn't realize how important that one YouTube video was until it got erased, right? But like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, know. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else of note. Anything else you want to say in this minute? Again, a lot to talk about in this minute, but anything else of note in minute 92? And then we got to come up with a trivia question, which I have not thought of yet.
1: You were saying Dom might be wearing lifts or something, but they might just be like thick engineering boots, like mechanics boots or something. Like the, the heel seems thick, but then I was thinking back to like boots that I have that like I use in the snow, workman's boots, and I think that the heel is probably about the same height.
0: It might be. I just, you know, my brain went to because again, we, we, yes. Mike and I finished Measuring. Cruise Club this year, and knowing how Tom Cruise is like five six or whatever, and like mm-hmm. always needs different kinds of things to like look Tall. whatever, right? Like, yeah. you
1: know, my brain is not trained to go for that, but it's just something I think of. So it makes sense. I, I just don't think we can say definitively either way. Sure. For yeah. Vin and Let's his hear. boots. Is there a
0: trivia question that you have in mind? Because I have not really thought about one yet.
1: No. Who's the first to chase after Donnie Tran? Who is holding Jesse after he gets shot? These kind of things. Because I don't think that we could ask things like, Johnny Tran's turning by Toretto Cafe.
0: Oh, we could do what you were not confused by before what you mentioned before that you didn't remember who does not get a spidey sense slow motion turn toward them they have the four characters and it could be me I like that yeah that's fair because you were saying before that you thought that it was Jesse who didn't get one so maybe if other people think of it the same way that you do that could be a kind of a trick question possibly
1: yes and it's it's a which one is not i kind of like questions like that that's a good yeah i i like that that that's very very good
0: which character do we not see do a slow motion quote-unquote spidey sense turn to see johnny and lance arrive to shoot and kill jesse yeah or as johnny and lance arrive to shoot the answer is mia we got brian dom jesse and mia
1: yeah very cool that's a good question i like that and it's fair I, I wasn't think. even
0: thinking about it but then you know when you when you brought up your like if it's a question that you would probably get wrong thinking about it I think that's a good barometer to yes, put as a minute I question. agree alright let's take a break and then let us bring in Nico and Kevo to talk about Fast and Furious Spy Racers Season 1
1: Episode number 134, Spy Racers Season 1. This episode is brought to you by iSpy the Memory Game. Beginning players search for matching pairs while advanced players solve the riddles. It encourages visual discrimination, observation, and memorization. And no reading required. Check out iSpy Memory Game.
0: Shout out to iSpy Memory Game. I thought maybe the next episode. We still got a couple more Spy Racers episodes coming up. Did you grow up reading those I
1: Spy books? I did. Yeah. I mean every I think everybody had them, right? Like
0: I loved them. I mean they were they were my favorite things when I was little, but yeah, who oh boy. Maybe they'll sponsor future episodes. Shout out to them. Hopefully you hear us.
2: I didn't have one, but I knew they existed.
0: Well that's important. I mean knowing is half the battle, as G.I. Joe said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. With
0: us tonight, one of those voices you just heard back from the Husbands Talking More or Less podcast. We are mixing up the order this lap to accommodate for the sort of semi-kind-of-surprise release of Spy Racer Season 2. Yes. We are talking the next three episodes, tonight, then Friday, just me and Joe, and then next Tuesday, with these guys again, we have Kebo Reese and Nico Facillo. Hello, guys.
2: Hey there. Hello. Welcome,
0: Welcome back. back to the show, not yes. Furious 7. So we built up the hype to, like, hey, Jason Statham's almost here, and we're like, we're going to make you wait a little bit longer.
1: Hopefully that wasn't a bad thing.
3: No, because I loved this, Oh, I'm
1: so Which excited. I am very
0: glad, because, like, when Joe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Joe, but like when we watched the first time, we we're both like, yeah, that was fun. Like that was on brand for Fast and Furious. We liked it. We had, we had a good time, but I never thought we would talk about it again. Same. And then this lap, you were like, I really want to talk about that. We're like, cool, let's do it. And then your excitement for this is so unbridled and pure that I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this, because I don't have a lot of new thoughts, but I'm interested to hear what you guys liked and loved and were interested and fascinated by with this show. Yeah, no, I mean, we're psyched. We normally start with like the either or questions, but we don't have any for this. So I can't really do that. So we can just like dive into it if you want to get into it. I don't know if I have a clutch Letty moment. I'm sure there are many. There are plenty. What did you know about, what did both of you know about this show before we began? Or did you just know that it existed? I mean, I know that you knew Tyler Posey, but what did you know about it before, and like, how did it compare to what you thought it might be, or was gonna be, or whatever?
2: I pretty much
3: only knew its existence. I didn't know anything about it, really. Okay. You got me beat. I didn't know it existed till these guys told me it existed.
1: I don't think it really was, like, big or, like publicized or anything like even promoted on Netflix really so yeah it kind of came as a surprise to us I mean we were obviously watching out for like news and things like that it definitely wasn't as hype as I thought it could be.
2: Netflix definitely has a notorious promotion problem.
1: Yeah it feels like that for sure.
0: Like their strategy is just to inundate everyone with content and then what organically rises at the top then they will promote but there's a lot of things like this that really don't get the light of day, even with an IP like Fast and Furious, because whatever reason, fill in the blank, right? Like, there's too much other stuff, they didn't promote it, whatever.
1: We talked about it the first time, like, wh- who is the target demographic for this show, right? Is it, like, kids? Because, like, kids probably wouldn't be watching Fast and the Furious. Is it, like, adults? Because it's a cartoon. It has to be for, like, parents that like Fast and the Furious, something for their children to watch that want to
0: get their kids into the franchise an entry point for that yeah
1: kind of has like this weird place demographic wise of like who is this for too
0: i have a question for both of you and i i might even have answers myself but i feel like you guys are more in tune with the changing face and changing nature of tentpole ip and big franchises and Also more in touch with kind of like, I don't want to say like kids programming, but like I feel like, you know, stuff like I know that you guys love Power Rangers and like that's a world that I loved growing up. And like, I I don't mean it as a negative, like it's just like, it's a world that I'm not in. And I wonder, like my question is, are there a lot of these kind of things where it's like an adult- property ostensibly that they then try to pivot like to younger generations like some maybe animated DC show are there a lot of those and if there are like is this a good example of it like i'm wondering like from that element and this might be unique and i don't know if we can have this conversation i'm just i don't know the context the background so i'm wondering if there is there's actually like a trend here or not
2: well we're not just familiar with a bunch of different kids shows we do like power rangers but we love a whole bunch of other different things and we actually like a lot of the different dreamworks netflix TV- TV shows. Okay. We were pretty okay fans of Voltron. We loved she We're enormous fans of the Tales of Arcadia series. And these are all DreamWorks Netf- Netflix properties. Mm. And they definitely do all blur the line, as, you know, cartoons even did when we were young. But they blur the line between who is this targeted at? Troll Hunter seems like it's going to be a silly kid show, but it's actually pretty freaking dramatic. Uh, same for Voltron, same for She-Ra. This is actually lighter than a lot of the other shows that we've seen from DreamWorks Netflix.
1: Interesting. I, I saw it when we were watching it. It is light, but I didn't know that in the scope of things that this would be lighter than most. I
3: think one of the things is that you guys think that this is an adult franchise is really interesting to me. Because there's nothing about this film that is an adult franchise. Even when you think about Jason Statham, outside of his R-rated early films like Transporter, he's sort of become one of those, "Oh, it's the Jason Statham action movie, I'm going to take my kid to go see it, kind of guys. When I think of Jason Statham, I think of The Meg being one of the most successful horror films of all time because it's technically a monster movie. Get the fuck out of my genre, okay? <laughs> but... Vin Diesel is sort of like the little Debbie of Action Stars. You can just slap him on the box and everybody thinks it's delicious. That it is significant that you guys are approaching this as adults, but as somebody who teaches high schoolers, I'm telling you right now, high schoolers don't think of this as an adult
0: franchise. I think that's a very apt point. And I think maybe my my description of it as an adult is like not explicitly for children but maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong there. I feel like this is maybe like the first kind of like grown-up franchise. Like you're a big kid. Now you get to see these movies. It's a mm. PG 13, like that middle ground. Maybe is that more fair? Or is that still, am I still raising the bar too much in terms of age?
2: No, I think part of Nico's point as well, you know, you keep saying, is it for kids or is it for adults? But Nico's point is specifically it's, it's probably more like for teens, ah. which is an actual legitimate middle ground target audience especially a show like this, I imagine that it is trying to target either the younger kids whose older siblings really love these movies or perhaps even young parents who love the movies and want to be able to share some part of it with their kids. Mm -hmm. But I would probably say that Fast Furious is mostly targeted at young adults. Which isn't to say that adults can't enjoy it or even kids can't enjoy it. I think labels like that are more to tell you who the target audience is not to tell you whether or not you should be watching
3: it you know in talking about that it's for young adults and i make this joke a lot uh you know i used to make this joke way more on now and again when i was on now and again uh this brilliant motherfucker right here joey got my friend into podcasting and then my friend got me into podcasting one of the things that i definitely used to talk about is how many movies i used to turn on and then not watch so i could you know bang (laughs) the reason i bring that up right now is because I kind of feel like the Fast and Furious movies are put them on and not watching kind of bang movies, right? So, like, if you can imagine watching a Fast and Furious movie in a smoked-out dorm, you can absolutely imagine watching Spy Racers in a smoked-out dorm. And I won't hear you either way on a (laughs) note. Especially because Tyler Posey.
1: I always refer to them as like movies that you make out in the theater to, right? Like it feels like the same kind of thing that like you'd go there and you could kind of get a scope of it when you're a little bit younger, but still come home and tell your parents that you went to go see a movie and like what it was about, but you were just making out in the theater the whole time.
3: Yeah, and you know, I think part of it Kind of does tie into the actors associated with this project. I do appreciate that it's kind of hard to even imagine how this acting crew came together. First of all, pop pop. We have the actor who plays Magnitude running down as Frosty. Oh, Luke
1: is that really? Young-plug. Is that him? Yeah. yeah. Yo 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 pop pop, pop, pop.
2: <laughs> That's Magnitude slash. Oh, what is Lee his Jordan. name? Yeah, Lee
3: Jordan from the Harry Potter movies. Mm. And you have Tyler Posey, who I mean. I love him from being the lead character on Teen Wolf. Now, Teen Wolf is a pretty, really bad show. like a MTV show. I like, I like, a, yeah. I think I like things about it, but it is not produced with a lot of love. It's produced with a lot of energy. Okay. The cast and production quality are a lot
2: better than anything having to do with the writing whatsoever.
3: Okay. Yeah. And so, like, I'm literally looking at a, Plush I bought of Tyler Posey at a Teen Wolf con. I'm like a really big fan of the actor more than I like. I just there's something about a a smoked out bro that loves to just play with his dick that that just really kind of connects with exactly who I am. (laughs) And so I really appreciate Tyler Posey being in this because he's exactly what Keva was saying that sort of young adult market where you can kind of pull him in. But then for me, the most significant casting in this entire show is a Tony nominee from Hamilton. It is so important to realize that Renee Elise Goldsberry plays Ms. Nowhere and she's better known as God Damned Angelica from Hamilton. I didn't
2: connect those things until you just said it. And so
3: every time she said anything I literally stood there going I know my car like I know my own mind. Like the whole time. I don't want to get into it but I think Ms. Nowhere is my favorite character in the entire franchise. Like, sorry Han, but that is... The Letty moment in this movie was Save the Kids. I actually cried.
1: Wow, that's awesome.
0: What's very cool and a little weird, and this is what I was trying to describe to you guys via Messenger today, is that Ms. Nowhere is not in the movies yet, but the organization in which she works kind of is, and you would have known about that if we watched these chronologically. So there's going to be connections. So I'm I'm very fascinated. Like I don't know if it's going to play out at all, But I'm wondering now that you have the basis as Ms. Nowhere if the things you're going to learn starting in seven that build on that mythology play out any differently. Like it's kind of a weird way backing to it. into something that we didn't expect, but that's it. But I, I'm glad that you love her because I think what played best for me this time around, like the kids all played about the same to me, her and her sidekick or whatever you want to call her yeah. assistant, the, the dude. Gary. Who's,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Like they, I like them more.
2: Get your own pickles. He is voiced by the actor who is the voice of Cuphead.
3: Oh, Which, cool. I know we've talked about how I have emotional problems about playing Halo. Halo is a game that I enjoy playing because it reminds me how to be smart. Cuphead is the first and only video game in my entire life I have ever become so angry I have smashed something till it broke.
0: <laughs> oh, you, you need to start playing more games like I play, like Spelunky. Like, man, man, oh man. But yeah, <laughs> Cuphead is... Cuphead, Joe, I don't know if you know Cuphead, no. Cuphead is it looks like it's got the art essentially of like Steamboat Willie, like kind of it's old known time-y. as
3: Rubber Hose. It's because everything looks like it's attached by rubber hoses and then it's inflated hands and stuff. It's an art Ah, style known as rubber hose.
0: It's beautiful, it's hand-drawn, and it is also, like, it's a brutal, like, bullet hell kind of game. To watch people speed run that, like, perfect, because you can, like, beat a level, but then you can actually, like, really beat a level, and to watch the people play that game who are good at the game, like, good at the game. Like, I beat the game, but I did not beat the game, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a level of concentration and ability and memorization and, like, that's what you were talking about before with Spelunky. It's like these are the people who like memorize a thing and like the hitboxes but like Nico getting frustrated with that game, like it is beautiful to look at, it's amazing to play, but boy oh boy, is it frustrating
3: <laughs> And like I don't know if this has ever come up on this show, but uh, one of my hobbies is actually Super Mario Brother One speed runs and Super Mario Brothers three speed runs. No. Okay. So like I know where the glitch blocks are and I know where you can move through the wall. I know that you have three seconds with the warp pipe but if you can do it without missing the glitch block, you can do it without the warp pipe two seconds shorter. Speed running Super Mario one and three is like my shit and I've I've got Super Mario Brothers 2 memorized by Pixel. I know where to go down what tube to get what mushroom. Uh, And I mean, like, Doki Doki Panic. I don't mean the lost levels. I can't do the lost levels. That is a cuphead level of I fucking hate you. (laughs) So, I mean, this probably isn't my favorite entry in the series. I guess five is my favorite entry in the series still, maybe six. There's something about Daddy Dom and the way his family grows that I love, but I specifically feel... Like, this is a necessary entry into the franchise to create a humanization factor.
0: One thing that we've been having a conversation about this lap, again, the whole show, is like the representation. And I think that this is important in a lot of ways. Like This is the first true queer representation with Frosty's moms being in the show. And there's a lot here that you're talking about different gender portrayals and different, you know, more non-white characters and the way that they're drawing and characterizing people. And it feels important in a way that I think the big takeaway is that they could have just like half-assed a show about Fast and Furious, like an anime show, like, let's just get it out there for the kids. But they didn't, I don't think.
2: I'm a little curious slash annoyed as to why they severely lightened the skin tones For Tony and Shashi, because their voice actors are both a lot browner than the characters. Mm. I have to imagine it was just a pre-existing model. And frankly, you know, the Scottish one with the red hair? Yeah. He was voiced by the same person who voiced Gary, who was a black man. So I was like, you know what? Okay, (laughs) if you're having people of color voice white people, it doesn't exactly wash, but it makes a difference.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that until I just looked at this, um the thing that you sent with all the pictures next to them. That's really cool.
2: Oh, I'm loving that site.
0: Is that a site that you've referenced before? Because like I was saying that like I have no I have like a decent like intro level or maybe like two hundred level, like a little bit better than intro level. Like I have a good thing for voices. Essentially my portal into figuring out voice actors was Futurama because I was like oh my like Billy West does how many people? Like there's like what what? And then oh he also does bugs but like what what hold on I got I gotta take a And on his friend Jesus. (laughs) Right. It's it's Crazy to me. And so from that show, I kind of did a little bit in like, oh, like Lauren Tom, I don't I mean, I don't know what she's doing now, but like, she's also like a, you know, a live action actor, or whatever, right? So like, I, I kind of spiraled down that a little bit. So like, I have a little bit of a background there. But then you found this thing, and I'm not, I didn't dig deep. And we didn't talk about it the first time, Joe, like, who these people are. Like, I knew the name Tyler oh. Posey. There's a whole world here. Like, all these connections you're making in the site that you found with the picture of the actor side by side with the character. It's like, it's very oh, nice this is like, my this is very helpful.
2: I was just Googling to see if there was anything that could tell me who the voice cast was in terms of all like the different characters throughout it. Behindthevoiceactors.com. Like, I had never seen this site before, and now I love it. Cause yeah, Joe, I'm with you, where like, I have to assume it has something to do with both being raised on the Disney the afternoon and all those cartoons plus loving things like Power Rangers where you sort of get an ear to understand when something is voiceover work that I just have always like paid attention to voice actors. I still don't know how I recognized Serena Williams' voice when she guest appeared on <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh God! She was in one episode. I had no reason to know that was Serena Williams. And I was like, is that Serena Williams? And I looked it up, and it was. It's always really interesting to see what sort of talent they bring in, especially on something like this. And this is such an interesting cross-section of actors. It's apparently Luke Youngblood's first ever voice work, which I'm shocked by. No, Knowing that he's magnitude from community. Pop, pop. I would think that he would do a lot more voices, but good for him.
0: I mean, essentially because his character on Community, I don't want to say was just a voice, but like, he was like, his was character a performance. was a gif, right? Like, it was just like a, it was a it was like a boomerang. It was just like a pop, pop, but yeah. that's all he did. Like, he was a sound effect. Pop, pop! So what, did, did you guys have favorite parts or favorite episodes or favorite, I know you said the save the kids moment. Other favorite moments, favorite elements of this show.
3: Well, I'm not going to lie. I don't think there were really episodes. I think there were long form commercials. As much <laughs> as I liked it, I, I don't necessarily, Think this is the animated Nessendorma. Like, I'm not confused about what I watched. I really thought the vibe of what they were trying to portray was very in line with the film. I guess if I had to pick any moment that I enjoyed the most, it was when Dom came on the screen and I literally went, Daddy, <laughs> that was definitely a moment for me. Probably the tomb
2: and the helmet were my highlights. I wasn't expecting this super villain helmet. It's certainly hard to reconcile, at least for me currently, with the main franchise, but who knows what they could develop. I would love if Tyler Posey could appear as his character in the films. Right. I don't know if it'll happen, but he's so pretty and I want it.
0: Does he look like Tony Toretto? A little. He's yeah. got too
2: many tattoos, which I
3: hate. Okay. Yeah, he he looks like a more Latino Tony Toretto, because Tony Toretto looks very, hey, I'm a generic Italian guy in a cartoon. <laughs> and. <laughs> Tyler Posey looks very, hey guys, I'm Spanish by cultural. what's up? Tony's a little bit thicker than
2: Posey as well, no offense, to, no offense to Posey, but you know. Yeah, Posey's got the thickness where it counts.
3: Hey, what's up, leaks? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about, I believe, later this lab. we're going to do some kind of like watch a video of a playthrough of the video game and talk about that, but the characters in that video game that were designed for the video game, the characters in the game were modeled after the actors, and so there's a very direct correlation between If they want to take these characters created for the game and bring them to the movie, it makes sense. Like, it's a one-to-one. It's like, oh, I saw them in the game. I can see them in the movie, too. Here, it's a little bit different, but, like, because even Dom doesn't really look like Dom. Like, Dom, in this kind of... No, those
2: (laughs) arms were bigger than Vin Diesel's arms have ever been. I'm sorry, Vin, but it's true.
3: (laughs) And also, he kind of looked like somebody piled some pudding on top of itself, and the pudding just walked into the scene driving a car. (laughs) And, like, that wasn't my... But I did love when he was like, You guys really think that just some group of thugs could kidnap me? You guys should know better. I'm (laughs) Dom.
2: Oh, yeah. I only thought for like five seconds that he was actually being kidnapped. And then I was like, oh, this is a test. Cute. It's cute.
0: Yeah. What did you guys think of the way that they implemented Dom? Because he's in, I think, the first episode and maybe the last episode or one toward the end, right? Where it's a little bit in the beginning and a little bit toward the end. What did you think about how they sprinkled him in?
2: I mean, they did what they could with what were clearly limited appearances from Vin Diesel, which I respect from him because I'm sure he's very expensive.
3: Executive producer Vin
2: Diesel. Yeah. Oh, and um, Frosty's sister is voiced by his daughter. Oh. By Vin's really? daughter? By Vin's daughter, yeah. Oh,
1: that's awesome. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know right? anyone either, yeah.
3: It's about family, you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I can't wait
0: until we do the Fast and Furious minute for these spy racers and actually like dig into it, you know, down <laughs> in twenty twenty eight or whenever we get to it. I think it's beautiful
3: you think it's 2028 and not, like, 2052.
0: Probably me like, closer to, like, 2035 maybe we'll get to these. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Would you say this is not made for you? Or it's kind? Of, is it made for everyone? Like, I'm not sure how to just dis- Going back to our conversation, like, I don't know how to describe this, really, I don't think.
3: Okay, so I want you guys to think about how cartoons function in terms of the way the mind appreciates them. And, like, I'm not being okay. funny... I'm really serious about that. One of the things you need to remember that cartoons like this rely on is the ability to bend reality a little bit further than an action movie can. The structure of this show is how can we take the Fast and Furious franchise and like dick fuck it a little bit?
2: A franchise that already by the movie that we all just last watched had things like Dom jumping across bridges <laughs> and slamming
3: into cars. Like yeah. it's already a pretty cartoony franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a point where like I do I know I talk a lot about dicks, but you know what? They're cool. And it was hard enough to notice that Sashi had like g- g- a huge bulge, like the entire mo- the entire show, and had it looked like somebody took a globe and just cut it in half and shoved it down the back of his pants and was like, "That's an ass, right?"
2: <laughs> yeah, the body models on these characters sometimes, I I, I,
3: I was like, "Who is this for?" I and I think know. what we need to appreciate is that when. One of the most successful Netflix shows to date, whether or not you want to admit it, one of the most successful Netflix shows to date is Fuller House. Uh And when Fuller House started, now I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like Full House. Like I kind of genuinely, particularly hate Full House. Okay. Fuller House is my healing show. When I was diagnosed with panic disorder last year and I literally was too scared to get out of bed, my husband was like, let's just watch this. Maybe this will bring you some joy.
2: No, I believe exactly why we watched it. (laughs) Was because of your girlfriend.
3: So it's possible that I'm chemically obsessed with Marla Sokoloff. Anyway. Mm. Uh, She's Gia from the original series. And she was a regular character in the first five seasons of The Practice. So Kebo convinced me to watch her first episode, which she was in abandon so i was like oh okay i'll watch more and so i fell in love with this show
1: joe do you have a history of full house or no yeah i i watched it all the time as a kid and when fuller house came back i think we watched like the first season i know that it's been continuing um but we watched it when it first came out and i was like yeah
3: it's not the show it needs to be until jimmy Gibbler joins the cast once jimmy Gibbler oh. joins as the new kimmy so kimmy can become someone new Jimmy Gibbler is, like, the most roided-out, sweet, baby-faced boy you've ever seen. He's, like, 6'2". He's a bimbo. Yeah, he's a himbo.
2: Himbo. He's
3: a thousand percent a himbo. So, anyway, Fuller House, there's moments in the first season where DJ makes jokes about having her pipes fixed by a guy who she thinks is the plumber, but he thinks is about to bang her. And, like, it gets... Downright body. Like, honestly, it would not have aired on network TV comfortably. Yeah.
2: Oh my god, we're almost at the episode where Stephanie's like, You guys didn't eat my brownies, did you?
3: Yeah, oh my god, right. How many times <laughs> that Stephanie indicates that she smokes weed? She's up. Stephanie is canonically bisexual. The show is very different than Full House. Now, I bring this up because it ultimately kind of resolves into a lovely family show, but they had no idea what it was going to be in the beginning. They weren't sure, according to one writer, a gay writer no less, if it was going to be a show a la Sex and the City, about three women trying to make it, or if it was going to be more of the family fair that made the franchise popular in the first place. And ultimately, they went with... I guess a healthier, modern version of the original. I'm going to be fascinated to see if season two was a little bit more like, Hey everybody, you're going to slam that yokai. Well, I'm going to do some drugs. Or if it's going to be a little bit more like, Hey everybody, let's form a power circle of
2: hugs. Because that's something, too. We don't know with where the characters are left at the end of the season necessarily what we are going to get next season.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm interested about. Like, we watched the trailer. They dropped a trailer, like, three weeks ago. And they are like, hey, by the way, uh, next month, whole new season, they are going back for some reason. Even though the, the franchise has gone there, they're going to Rio for season two, which we've already done that. Like, we've done Fast Oh, Fi. my
3: baby loves me down in Rio, Dijon. It's just so I can sing that. <laughs> hey,
1: yeah, There's they're, only they're, 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 so they're many
3: places. Joe have you guys not caught that this whole fucking thing is aimed at me it's nothing but hot guys (laughs) dick jokes and the opportunity to explain the evolution of inclusivity in film
0: well you're welcome and I also am glad that like instead of referencing the X-Men on here you're now referencing Fast and Furious on X's for podcast which just makes me so happy very cool I can't
3: stop referencing it at all and there is this scene in the most recent issue of excalibur where i swear to god if you guys think that that scene between betsy and opaluna saturnine who we have stand in in this house since Kevo met me. Like, that was one of the first things I said to him. You have to read Captain Britain for Opaluna Saturnine. If you could read those two women and think anything but, yeah, those are men about to punch each other. I was just like, no, that's that's 1,000% Hobbes and Dom.
0: Or as you said it, two generals about to go to war.
3: Yeah, it really was. It, oh, my God. I just, these movies are not perfect. As a teacher, sometimes a paper comes across my desk. And I read it. And I think to myself, this is bad. <laughs> And I think to myself, it missed the point of the assignment completely. And then I think to myself, but there's spirit. There's S-P-I-R-I-T. It's great to see they got it. It's spirit. Hey, (laughs) let's hear it. And I find there, I got a Mariah reference in. And I find myself excited that even though I sometimes think that this franchise sometimes has trouble not pissing on the seat and getting it in the bowl, but I honestly understand that it's because it's got so much piss it wants to share with everyone. <laughs>
2: and it's not on the floor. It's not on the walls. It just, you know, gets the seat sometimes. And we, we've all been there. We all do it.
3: We
0: do. I do it. I know Rachel probably does it too. <laughs> Exactly. So it's a literal pissing contest. (laughs) Uh, The best kind of loving pissing contest.
2: I actually genuinely found myself very defensive of Fast and the Furious this week. And I didn't involve myself because it was a random post. And I'm like trying to really cut back on unnecessary stressors, like fighting with strangers. (laughs) It was like someone commenting on some article about the next fast and furious movie i think it was because it was pushed back to next may and they're like why do we need more of these and i'm like if you don't want it then it's not for you shut the fuck up (laughs) oh yeah like there are so many worse franchises and i don't think that i ever really had an enormous problem with fast and the furious i never really got it i don't care for cars so that's an enormous element of why i didn't get it but it's defensible
1: it makes somebody happy right it's making some people happy so like why would you be mad
2: that sentiment is a little bit tricky because nazism makes some people happy. okay
1: yes okay fair fair very fair (laughs) right
2: it makes a lot of people happy and hurts harmlessly and it hurts very few people if it ever did and if it did it's Working really hard to try and remedy that.
0: I don't know why people point to this other than there are nine of these movies, and I think that from a distance they're all like just muscles and cars and interchangeable, and they don't have any kind of dif- distinguishing features or anything like that. But I think that you could easily argue that they all get better as they, like, objectively better as they go on. Yeah. And more fun and more well made. There's something to this that. Even with the cartoon, like, even with Spy Racers, like, if they put out a version of this five, ten years ago, right, like, still when it was wildly popular, it would be a totally different show, and I don't think it would be as effective or as meaningful or as interesting to dissect.
2: The earlier films of the Fast Furious franchise were not great, but frankly, I feel the same way about the MCU. I don't particularly care for most of Phase 1. Yeah. it is what it is. It doesn't mean the whole franchise
3: is unworthy of continuing Fair. and like not to be a dick and not to be that guy, but to think about where things come from, right? The whole thing. Tony Stark, what do you think about people calling you the merchant of death? OK, that's actually a quote from an erroneous obituary about Alfred Nobel published about his So Ludwig Nobel died. They accidentally published that Alfred Nobel died and in the obituary they called him the merchant of death. And in that obituary, he was so horrified that people would think that his weapons were to create war, not peace, that that's why he created the Nobel Peace Prize, because mm. he wanted everyone to know that his only legacy wasn't dynamite. I mean, they literally fucking stole that for Iron Man, word for word, and they combined it with some Howard Hughes. I love that that's historical, and I love that, but it, it, Kevo's exactly right. It, it's just lifting from something else. So what? The Fast and Furious borrowed from, like, Four Loco and NASCAR. Okay, <laughs> who cares? They make fun movies
0: speaking of four logo i want to make a quick note here about nico's beloved yoka uh joe i caught Ooh. a reference this time around that i did not catch the first time because we had not seen the Ooh, movie was yet it? but in the second episode they're doing the transporting the yoka from canada to mexico in 24 hours i was like oh that's a smoking the bandit situation that's just them oh. you know speed running cores from the ma- rocky mountains to the deep south right like that's, that's that like 100
1: percent just... smoky in the bandit and i didn't catch it till you just said it you're absolutely right that's exactly what they're doing
0: oh
2: my god can i tell you at the end of the season when they were like why don't we go to japan i was like no nobody goes to japan no one's allowed to go to
3: japan yeah he got pretty ragey (laughs)
0: let's keep in there done that safe yeah. Uh, what did you guys? So I think there's an interesting thing, and this is something we talked about with Kara a lot in her lap, specifically about Los Bandaleros and then into Four about the the franchise's take on capitalism and being anti-capitalist, and I think we even talked about you know gas and fuel as life and as currency. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this show, particularly in the middle and toward the end, with Shashi's just like his. like his vocalization of being so anti-capitalist, like I feel like it's a little bit more maybe on the nose or less subtle, but maybe it has to be. And I'm wondering if that struck a chord with you guys at all or if that was just something like, oh yeah, like that's just like what they're doing now.
2: I love your use of that's just what they're doing now.
3: (laughs) Sashi very clearly has financial access, has beautiful cars, is living a lush life, and he's trying to get me to buy that he feels like he's disenfranchised. He offered a million dollars for every one of
2: the Toretto crew that they bumped off the mountain and there uh-huh. were four of them. So you just have $4 million lying around, but you want us to believe that you like have any like to stand on against anyone else.
0: To that point, like when we watched it the first time I wrote down like it's saying it's anti-capitalist, but it feels like the show is like no we're pro-capitalist like it's a very weird mixed message yeah
3: well because it's easier to create an ideological villain and then apply it to a physical villain without having to follow through on the concept of the ideology they're saying that it's anti-capitalist but what it really is is a capitalist that hates another capitalist for getting there first it's not actually about anti-capitalism it's one man refusing another man's capitalism mm.
2: Because one of the points that Nico made while we were watching when Ms. Nowhere is like climbing the outside of the plane and yes. he was like, I don't <laughs> want her to be a bad guy. And I was like, technically speaking in this franchise, the line between what is a good guy and what is a bad guy is and always has been blurred. Yeah. Law enforcement are both good and bad. Criminals are both good and bad. You're saying you don't want her to be the bad guy, but they are currently at that moment working with terrorists so she was not being the bad guy. She was pursuing these kids who had turned terrorists. So, like... It's it's complicated.
0: Well they even make a joke about that in this, right? Where they're like, we don't usually let the bad guy like be briefed about the secret mission or whatever. Like they're they're like they're even making jokes like, oh, like there's no line even internally.
3: A lot of what we're talking about here is how this animated series is trying to test the waters for something. And I wanna Okay, I'm sorry, I do have to bring up X Men now, but it's because I love you <laughs> and I wanna prove the value of what you do. I want you guys to think about Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon that came out about 10 years ago. Okay. And I want you guys to think about who was in it. Do you guys remember who Spider-Man's best friends were? No. Luke Cage and Iron Fist? Okay. The characters that five years later they would introduce as live action major characters on Netflix? We were already way too old for that cartoon, so they are probably not versed in it. I want you guys to start considering how many years before a major film came out that the characters were added to the animated lineup. And now consider how they use that as a methodology of gauging audience interest in advance so follow this logic for one minute with me about five years ago they started introducing kamala khan into visual media after that they continued to put her in more and more animated series giving her marvel rising from there she got the lead fucking role in the unfortunately poorly reviewed but i'm still playing the shit out of it i don't care i really have internet connection right now and i'm playing on data so that i can play as kamala khan ms marvel all of a sudden she's getting a tv show what they've done is they've put her in the minds of children so that when they have the buying power they spend it on Kamala Khan. So if anything spy racers is probably
2: testing ground for what kids coming up who are the next demographic for Fast Furious. So that's might
0: actually like. exactly really, really fascinating what, yeah. because as we talked about I don't think we've ever pieced this together but they've talked about how 10 and 10 might be split into two parts because that's again just what they do now.
2: What you do now. Yeah.
0: Yep. When did we start deciding that numbers were two numbers? 10 is one number! Well, they were saying maybe Fast 10 and then Furious 10. If they do that, I'm on... I mean, I'm on board either way. It doesn't matter.
3: That does make me laugh. Yeah, I kind of also need, like, an and 10. (laughs) (laughs) That's the (laughs) mid-quill. It takes place in Havana. Everyone drives an Oldsmobile.
0: (laughs) Joe has been pitching a lot of ideas in the show about how we could reboot it after 10, because, like, they're not going to stop making movies. No. Like... They beat Thanos, the Avengers beat Thanos, but they're not done with MCU. They're just moving on, right? There's a new generation of superheroes, essentially. Like, there's going to be. I was <laughs> like, oh
3: shit, the Hulk car beat Thanos?
0: <laughs> Spoilers, I'm so sorry for Fate of the Furious. I'm so sorry that Thanos shows up and they beat ah, him there first. Yeah. But this <laughs> is actually, to your point about, like, the five-year window, in five years or so when they reboot it, like, we are talking about having Dom's kids or Brian, like, whatever. We, you know, we whoever, saw, like, like,
1: young Dom, young Brian. Like, yeah, next
0: these... generation of, like, the existing characters, but maybe it's just these people, right? Like, maybe it's Tony Toretto and his friends. People who watch the movies might not know him, but in five years, the people who are going to be 13, 14, 15, going to the movie theater to make out with their girlfriend, their boyfriend, whatever, or smoke out in a dorm room somewhere, this is the people they – grew. These this is their Fast and Furious, right?
3: Yes, it's why – Despite the fact, and uh, this is another thing, you know, I dragged Joey's wonderful countenance kicking and screaming into the Fantastic Four franchise. And now, you know, he's doing a lovely job. He's kicking less. He's screaming less. He's very about the thing. I'm into it. Think about how poorly reviewed those movies were, how not phenomenally they did at the time. And now consider how much energy and buzz there is around getting Chris Evans to reprise the role of Johnny Storm in a multiversity capacity
2: or how much talk there has been about the potential for John Krasinski to play Reed Richards and even his wife to play Sue Storm.
0: Oh god, that was uh, Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
3: I mean Emily Blunt is the thing. I would give her any role she wanted. I would also give Emily Mortimer any role she wants. <laughs>
0: I would say Emily Blunt as Doctor Von, like Von Do- Victor Von Doom, just like make that character interesting for once, please. Thank you.
3: Okay, but now I actually need Emily Mortimer to play a semi-grown-up Valeria and just kind of like wander into scenes and be like,
0: "I miss Uncle Victor. I have to go to bed." And like,
3: <laughs> if you're a fan of Fantastic Four, you get that she's obsessed with her Uncle Victor. Her Uncle Victor is her best friend. It makes sense in the comics that Valeria is hyper in love with Doctor Doom as an uncle figure. He's a good avuncular figure, and he's very nice to Franklin. I'm going to stop now because Gevo's giving me the hint.
0: You're wildly misjudging. Not you know. You're not. You don't. You don't. You're not misjudging your audience, but like it's falling on deaf ears. And I am sorry. I just do not have the reference base.
3: That's completely fair. I mean, Valeria wasn't introduced until 1998,
0: anyway. I mean, yeah, I stopped reading comics in 1997. Actually, that might be around the same. <laughs> I mean, you know what I grew up on. I grew up on Crisis and Infinite Earths and the Death and Return of Superman. That was the mid 90s, right? So like, that's. Well, crisis with the 80s
3: yeah crisis was 85 to 86 and technically accidentally features the first appearance of john constantine due to a weird publishing date error uh so that's the only reason i ever remember that's 85 86 that's so perfect for john constantine <laughs> it really fucking is uh, it's like kevin and i were trying to figure out the etymology of the phrase you go girl and i was like it had to be popularized by this point and kevin goes oh right because of that comic book character you like named you go girl <laughs> i said
2: ecstatics
3: I know my stuff. I know you know your stuff, but it was going to fall on their deaf ears. <laughs>
0: well, thank you. I appreciate you re- you know, relating to us common folks over here. It is it's so
3: hard for him.
0: Any other thoughts about the this this series? I was going to say the franchise, but this series overall, you enjoyed it. I'm glad that you did.
1: I have one last thing to say about the the thing that they were bringing up with like the five year window and introducing characters to, yep. to possibly bring them into the main franchise. When we spoke to Andy, the developer of the game, that was literally one of his main goals. Is he wanted to use actors that looked like actors, established characters that they could port to the main franchise if they wanted to. That definitely plays along with what you're saying as well that it makes perfect sense that they would like i think most of the main voice actors could kind of play themselves they might have to adjust you know a bunch of them but it could it could work that tyler posey could play Tony Toretto in the next evolution, the next generation of Fast and the Furious characters.
3: I think he would have to play a role that really isn't seen in what we've seen yet. Sort of like this avuncular car godfather behind the scenes pulling the team together. I'm Tony. Anybody got some weed? And, like, you know, it would just make a lot of sense for him to play this sort of, like, I'm the Toretto now. Yeah. And then you can bring in, like, I'm the Toretto now. God help me. That's a <laughs> Teen Wolf joke. I, but it's very funny. Oh, I thought so, you were making a Captain
0: Phillips joke, but okay. Yeah, same.
3: No, Teen Wolf did it first. Actually, oh. yeah, Teen Wolf made the joke first. It was bad, though. It was bad. <laughs> This had more heart than it needed, which is what made its flaws forgivable. However, the thing we haven't touched on that really upsets me, Kevin and I were so stunned by the willingness to subvert animation trope, to highlight exquisite sequences. That's something we love about the Tales of Arcadia gang, that when they want to show something specific and powerful, they do it in an alternate art style to make it lift off of the page in a way that is dynamically transformative of the story they're telling and there were some sequences here that really genuinely I thought were so stunning they could have been whole episodes of animation but of course that would be for a show with a more considerable budget that's already proved itself
1: like which ones like the all the Yuka ones
2: and the sequence where they're describing what the skeleton key does Mm. and guy jumps up on the car yeah bless his heart something I definitely appreciated about this that i had been concerned about at first because the first two episodes really do function as a two-parter I know that Netflix is notoriously bad for its pacing i am watching the new kenny ortega show right now julian the phantoms which is adorable but every single episode ends in the middle of a scene and picks right back up and i'm like Ugh, yeah you're not chopping up a movie you're making episodes that's not how episodes work but apart from the opener really flowing from one into the, into the next
3: most of the episodes do stand up individually and i liked that if i have one punch the wall like you know when you're just so mad you're like ah and you hope your scream makes something explode why in god's name wasn't sean in this (sighs) he could have had a
0: purpose as, like, a 45-year-old mentor to these high school kids. <laughs> I,
1: I, I wish that he, would have, that he would have been like, I just graduated high school.
3: And I'm 37, bitches. <laughs> exactly. It's Steve Buscemi walking in. Hey, fellow youths. Exactly. Okay, so there's Frosty, who is lovable, and I actually like that it's kind of femme. Yeah. Frosty, like, does not play hard masculine, no. and I really appreciate yeah. that. I love that Echo even got to have some action sequences with those motherfucking grapplers at the end. Those things were like some of my favorite gear in any of these movies ever. And they weren't even in a car. I thought Layla was. Yeah, Layla fell into some really horrendously misogynistic tropes. It was disappointing. Did she say she was from North Catalaca? Yes. She actually said she was North Cadillac. Yeah, she said she was North Catalacan. I think they thought by giving her magical unicorn hair, that would make us forgive the fact that she's a bastard. But um no, she's white, but she's edgy. So her ponytail is multiple
2: colors. <laughs> Just <laughs> her ponytail, though. Exactly. You still have to see that she's blonde. But Do you But did you see guys it?
0: know that she's a lone wolf? Did she say that? Did you communicate that? Did you pick up oh, my God. a lone wolf?
2: It's actually part of her character description on the cast list of... Wikipedia article so the fact that they then kept saying it in the show I was like fucking stop you better only be using the word wolf this much because of Posey
3: (laughs) well and I kept thinking because of the way they were splitting the audio I kept hearing it as I'm alone comma wolf and I just kept thinking who the fuck is oh right they're just saying a dumb line I thought Cisco was a really great opportunity that they kind of wasted a little bit, and I feel bad feeling like they kind of wasted it a little bit because I guess they didn't really, but they kind of did, and here's what I mean by that. I was a little thrown why Cisco was this big, thick dude who's a boxer that's a good opportunity to have, like, you know, some Thickums show, right? You know, get get, get yourself a nice thick boy. At the end, when we see him sort of shirtless, he was pretty fit. And I guess my problem is anybody who was portrayed as overweight or not fit and in shape was kind of like a background character. Mm. And that sounds a little silly coming from me who lives at the gym, but like I do care about inclusivity. And you didn't always. You used to be incredibly overweight. You know that. Yeah, I was 300 pounds and I couldn't do a single push up. So like when animation is the opportunity to have Very real looking people do very not real looking things in a dynamic way that bucks the trope. I'm a little disappointed when you don't take that opportunity.
0: Mm. And they even have him as like a punchline. Like he's the one who eats cookies and then gets excited when there's more cookies, right? Like it's the same, like that's... that's Yeah,
3: he's the sweet fat friend. He's Hunk from Voltron. But Hunk actually got to be fat, which was so hot.
0: Which will, like, I mean, like, right now we're watching Lost Season 2 because Michelle Rodriguez is there. And, you know, we're talking about Hurley. And Hurley is given more to do. And, like, his weight is a focus in things. And, like, it's an element. Like, the episode we talked about last episode is when he just, like, gets rid of all the food. Then they find more food that was dropped. But, like, he's more than just that. Like, yes, he is. If you're breaking everybody down to their stereotype, like, he is the fat guy. But he's more than that, right? Yeah. I, I guess you don't have as much time in eight 20-minute episodes as lost as, you know, 50 hours in or whatever in, to, like, in the series. But, like, it is a bummer that they don't allow themselves to do more with that character. Because you're right, like, the potential, the limits of animation are endless, right? You could do whatever you want. Like, you could make him fly. You know, who knows, right? So...
2: They did. Frosty flies.
3: Right, well, hold on. We have to go back. So I <laughs> wanted to point out that I also thought that it was incredibly significant that Ms. Nowhere... And this is so fucking phenomenal to me. She played the Hobbs. When she was like, cuff me, it's fine. I was like, oh my God, she's the dutiful soldier. Holy shit, a woman of color is the dutiful alpha soldier. She understands that her stake in this is secondary to the larger picture of what's at stake. Because, like, I love Tony, but I, I, like, I, like, wanna fuck Tony? <laughs> like, I wanna, like, be Dom. Like, I want to be like, Dom, bro, teach me to be you. And him be like, nah, man, you got to just be yourself. Nobody can be anybody else. You know what I'm trying to say? And I'm like, yeah, man, I get that. But like, teach me how to be Dom. And he's like, nah, man, you are <laughs> Nico. It's super cool. And I'm like, no, change my name to Dominico. I'm into <laughs> it. Like, that's what I want from that. But Tony is such a schmuck. Tony's like a baby boy. Tony has to do an amount of growing that is beyond the scope of the amount of growing Dom had to do. In that regard, Tony's more of a Brian, okay, but he's a Brian with a significant last name. So what does that mean about the interaction? Well, okay, I'm going to say something that Kevo's probably not going to like, but that makes Layla the Dom. I kind of hate her. So this isn't the Fast and the Furious. She's the wrong side of the tracks one trying to get the good guy to do the bad thing. I mean, I think she's the Letty. In a weird roundabout way, I kind of think that Frosty is the Letty. Okay, so I was going to say it's not
2: Echo. No. No,
3: Echo is unfortunately more of the Han. Really cool, really uh, cool looking, a great aesthetic, but really underutilized in a dynamic way that allows the character to retain a sense of mystery.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
3: I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, on the whole, I guess what I mostly have to say is it was a bunch of cool character models, and I liked the ways that it pushed the franchise into the supernatural. I thought that the helmet looked exactly like the fucking cosmic Ghost Rider was a little bit too much for my brain. But I can forgive it. I thought it looked like Zorn. Okay. Like my precious Zorn. A little bit. I see it. There's a few things. Like it's a, it was a little bit generic. Like a Mr. Freeze on fire. I also thought maybe a little bit when he was like, My drones! My birdie drones! Was a little bit too much for me. <laughs> if I had been on Match Game, I would not want it to have matched with him. <laughs> so it was certainly interesting. But like, I don't know. I think this was shortchanged at eight episodes. I think this deserved 12, perhaps. Tony is a terrific character. He has a lot of growing to do. Ms. Nowhere is the star of the show. And I mean, again, you're talking about a Tony-nominated actress who knew how to fucking sing the house off the walls. Yeah. When I think about the power of Hamilton, it is the cast. It's not the world's most perfect show. And it's just proof that Renee Elise Goldsberry knew how to bring life to like, anything. She made this feel so powerful. The
2: problem with giving something like this 12 instead of 8, though, is that people aren't going to use that time well. They're going to instead stretch the season to 12 episodes. And I would have really, really hated that. I was blown away by how quickly Shifter turned on the kids, because normally things like that are drawn out so much longer I wanted more, but I fear they wouldn't have done better with more, so I'm comfortable with the amount that they got. I just hope that it's doing well. I'd love to see this get, like, at least a third season after, two.
3: I hope the bad guys in the next season are clutcher.
0: Like, we didn't even know, like, I think we kind of left the first one having not really heard about it, and, like, we have one listener who tried to get his son into it, and his son was like, Dad, this is boring. Like, I'm not into this. And so, like, our anecdotal evidence was not in the show's favor.
1: And the way it ended, it kind of like left it open, but didn't really be like, and then next time, you know? So we were like, okay, they probably did this one and that's it. But for them to get a second season already, I'm like, about it
0: going back to what keva was saying like way earlier in the episode about and then comparing it to the 8 versus 12 like this is essentially kind of chapters in a movie as opposed to individual like they kind of stand alone, but they're also it does kind of feel just like a 160 minute thing and i think if it was 12 it, there would probably be episodes like i feel like a lot of the issue that a lot of people have with the not necessarily early netflix shows but maybe like the shows a couple years into when netflix was like churning out content is that i think a lot of people point fingers at and i don't want to insult because i haven't seen a lot of it but Like a lot of that Marvel stuff, they're like, it doesn't need to be 13 episodes. It could be like nine or 10 and they could cut out a a couple in the middle. And I feel like if this was 12, we might get some padding in the middle that we're like, like, let's just get to the end game. So I don't mind that. Iron Fist especially, I'd rather be left wanting more than want to not watch something, if that makes sense.
3: Now you listen here. Kevin and I are almost done with Melrose Place, where the shortest season is 27 episodes, and the longest season is 36. Oh, that's 226 insane. episodes in seven seasons. Because it's a classic soap opera at the end of the primetime soap opera legacy years. It is the final trashy soap opera of its generation, and the iterations that followed were explicitly satire. Of that original iteration, Desperate Housewives is completely a satire of Melrose Place.
2: I think something that's really important to take note of that a lot of people don't really think about is the amount of screen time that you give these things. I realized while we were in the middle of season two of Luke Cage that it contained the 100th episode of the Marvel Netflix universe with all of the shows combined. Whereas if you break down the Marvel Cinematic Universe into 40 minute episodes, there's only been about 66 to 70. Mm. So there is literally more screen content for the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Netflix alone than there is from the movies.
3: And, you know, I brought up the Melrose Place thing to Desperate Housewives because Desperate Housewives and Lost And Grey's Anatomy, the three of them, actually spent about five years vying for the number one show in the world. And at any given point, it was one of the three of them or CSI. At any given point. Now, Desperate Housewives did tend to win in the end, on the whole, in the international markets, because it was aimed at women. And women didn't get a lot of things aimed at them, so it was an enculturation that mattered. And, like, look, my favorite thing is satire. and My favorite thing is Desperate Housewives. And I think Desperate Housewives, at 25 episodes a season, is sometimes un-fucking- believably intolerable.
2: Once Upon a Time was only 22 episodes per season, but once they hit season three, they started cutting every season in half. The first 10 or 11 were one arc, and the last 10 or 11 was a completely different arc and villain, because they seemed to understand, if you try and stretch these things out too far, you're really just going to break it.
0: Every
3: time you stretch the apple whites out, you lose the incest.
0: Any other thoughts about the show before we play a couple games? No,
3: I just honestly am excited about season two. Same. I thought it blended a really interesting mix of sexuality and lightheartedness in a way that I think is accessible to children. And I, I mean that kind of legitimately, if we're saying that this is aimed at teenagers, it does give them that, oh my God, this is almost dangerous kind of feel without them being like, I saw so many titties, <laughs> right? So yeah, like yeah, this yeah. gives kind of what it needs to give. I do think that the male models are a little too sexually rendered, but I think that has more to do with trying to maintain in a world where Vin Diesel and The Rock. Ra- and jason statham are your pinnacle points yeah to not have saji be masculine in a in a threatening way you know i'm saying that he came off very sexual and that he had these bulges but he was never a rapist and like that's so significant that a man of color was not reinterpreted for being sexual as a sexual predator while he was indicated to be someone with a sexuality by his body's content he was not someone shown to be threatening with it I mean, and also, he kind of went down like a little brat. Like, I mean, like, he was like a little child being put in a corner when Tony hit him. I don't know. I'm really positive on this. Do I think it's the greatest thing in the franchise? No. But... I certainly enjoyed giving it my time. Perfect. And anything that I would say
2: I found minorly flawed from the series would probably be a product of being from a producer like Brad Halland, who produced The Penguins of Madagascar and that sort of fare. It's thinking about the kids. Sometimes that can get a little bit too
3: silly or out there. To make a quick comparison, I don't know how many of you are fans of Korra, but it's of note that Tim Hedrick, the other executive producer was an executive producer on Korra, and the end of this season's battle with the drone control was just straight the fuck up the Vatu battle from the end of season two of Korra. Like, I mean, there were some visual elements in common, and I don't mind that because it was so transformed, it didn't look the same.
2: Yeah, okay, and yeah, the mask looks a lot yeah, like Vatu, Vatu too because yeah. of the black with the glowing red. Yeah, okay.
3: And the energy controlling the world around you. Oh, and there were throwbacks to slightly to Fantastic Four, actually. We How? thought, no, we thought that one scene where they were in the, in the street and she had to do the, the zip away th- I forget what it was, but we were like, oh, she's, oh, and she did the thing with the Johnny Storm with the thing and the follow the fire and the oh, missile. Oh,
2: yeah, follow the, when, when she held the flare and she was having the heat seeking missile follow her. We were like, ah, she's Johnny Storm. And it even kind of looked like the New York
3: set where they defeated Doctor Doom.
0: Do you agree, Joey? I can't disagree. <laughs> Perfect. I will say that I know nothing about Cora. All I know is that I love Janet Varney from the podcast world, and she is the best and the greatest, and I love her forever and ever. She is the best.
3: For the record, I got to see her at an amazing panel where they showed my absolute favorite two episodes of the entire Avatar universe. And you can totally cut this, but so you know, in IRL, seeing her interact with fans, she is literally that level of living kindness. It was such a genuine feeling of joy that her fans gave her a standing ovation when she walked out. She could barely get herself back together throughout the panel. It was one of the most rewarding seeing someone famous I've ever had.
0: And then it turned out she was playing a big old bi-girl. She also has one of the greatest laughs of anybody I've ever heard either. She is just uh, pure and full of joy herself, too. So, My last question for everybody is, if you have one thing on your wish list for season two, what do you want that to be?
3: I want it to be cars they can control with gloves and helmets. Okay. Ooh. I want them to take the technology, and I want them to be able to drive virtually. And then that's what they're using the whole season. They're using this sort of virtual driving. And in the end, no, it's got to be a person behind the wheel. Because that's family or something. Ooh,
0: that's a well, what good one. Just, ooh. What if they have the Shuri tech from Black Panther where they can control from afar like that? Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. That's that's exactly what I'm yep, saying.
0: Yep. Ooh, ooh. I have
1: one. Go.
2: Cartron.
1: <laughs>
2: yep. I want a car Megazord.
1: I was thinking something simple along the lines of, like, I want to see, like, a Letty cameo.
2: Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I would love to see more of the cast from the films. Even if it's not Letty, like practically anyone would make me happy exactly
0: like, i want to see ludicrous like uncle tej same like yep. sashi's uncle yes. or, or, or frosty's uncle tej right because like that's where he learned how to hack right like that would make exactly. sense exactly cool.
2: and that wouldn't be weird because they would have grown up in the same neighborhood probably yeah so like that 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 does make sense yeah
0: yeah Alright, cool. The, f- the first game we have to play, everybody's favorite game, this Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy Do We Have a Podcast for You. So, Nika, I will give you time to grab a couple of tweets. I will review last episode's tweets.
2: Oh, it did make me weirdly happy in the first episode when they said 10 second car. I was like, hey, I said the thing! <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's there's a handful of references, and there's a handful really at the end, in the eighth episode, of things that you don't know yet, that you will, but, like, Joe and I were like, oh, they really to use the franchise term, hit the Nas. And like the references, like it kind of <laughs> it's its own thing for a while, and then at the end they're like, Oh yeah, like let's reference everything about the franchise in like the last like climactic battle. Also the last climactic battle it was kind of like uh Spider Man Far From Home a little bit, right? Yeah, okay, mm. I see it. Yeah. First up I gotta review last episode. I found Eddie Malden at yes. Eddie Malden Spelunky Two Fast Two Furious. Or Spelunky Two Fast Too Furious. Boy do we have a, have a, podcast, a podcast for, for you. you. Nope.
1: Nothing.
0: And I'm going to tell you right now, there is a theme. Joe, you found Mads at Mads Maddie. Ruth said yesterday she was going to play Tokyo Drift by Teriyaki Boys at my funeral, and I'm here for it. Boy, do we have a podcast podcast for you. you. Nope.
2: Damn. Fine, we're not going to your funeral then. (laughs)
0: Nico found Hex Eye at Lexi Skywalker one day, dot, dot, dot. I will watch all the Lord of the Rings movies one day. Asterisks, turns on, Tokyo Drift. Boy, do we? we... Have a a podcast podcast for for you. you. Nope. (gasps) (gasps) Hurts.
3: Rude.
0: Kevo, you found man made monsters (laughs) at man made monsters when you failed the mission one too many times because your good controller is charging and you're forced to use the backup that drifts so well. It should be in Tokyo Drift and then a teardown of a PS4 controller. Boy, do we
1: have a a podcast podcast for you. you.
0: Nope. Mm. Over four.
1: We are That's back like a normal a run right. for us, though. A that,
2: lot of cold fish last week. All right, you know, fine. Nico, let's, Nico let's, just let's, like, let's try it again. You
1: guys came in like a good run there, and you know you thought points came by easy. We're taking it old school. This is this is not an easy time here. This is a hard game.
2: I'm gonna argue that this says more about Tokyo Drift than it does about us.
1: <laughs> fair. Wow. Totally. Okay. Fair.
3: I have delivered four of the finest Twitter tweets that Twitter tweeting can twat a tweet.
1: Am I going first? Yeah, you can go first. My tweet tonight is Emily at Serve Me the Sky. I am paying for HBO Max with the intention of watching Lovecraft Country and Watchmen eventually, and yet every night I find myself watching Fast and the Furious Spy Racers or Supermarket Sweep because that's all I have the mental capacity for. Boys, Supermarket
3: Sweep is literally my religion.
1: I know. I love it too. That's. I, I thought that this this is our target demo, so boy do we have a podcast for Emily. You
0: see, the issue with this, and this is what we run into every time, is that you're tweeting about a thing that we're talking about tonight, but if she goes and looks at the feed, Spy Racers is not there, right? So, I mean, it is Fast and Furious. But
1: this this was the whole thing. We were like, you could be like, hey, we love Fast and Furious Spy Racers and super, Supermarket Sweep, and... You gotta tell
0: me the thing. I sent the regular tweet to her already.
1: No, okay. I thought we were doing addendums. Okay, fair. That's fine. But no, I mean, we can do addendums, but, like, we haven't, uh... Then we delete haven't... it and be like, hey, check out, check this out. We love Spy Racers, and... I also
3: want to let you guys know that Supermarket Sweep evidently started in the 1950s and used to what? go town to town what? and settle in other grocery stores. What? So you should go on YouTube and Google original black-and-white Supermarket Sweep what? To make your brain hurt, UK supermarket sweep, British supermarket sweep, was absolutely the most upsetting thing I've ever seen. Did you just say, go on YouTube and Google it, you boomer? (laughs) (laughs) Google just means search. No. Anyway. (laughs) Well, because, like, and, like, the British one was so ridiculous, they were like, oh, this is a product filled with ham and (laughs) Jeez.
2: they're just so awkward and dry and for the first sweep everybody ran without their carts at first and then it's like come back for their carts <laughs> They just, they don't run over there. It's not their fault. It's because it's, just it's an an a island. tiny island. Exactly! exactly. Island. Yes! <laughs> I want to marry you!
0: So, Nico, <laughs> which one? I'm assuming up. you want the Tyler Posey one.
3: I want the Tyler Posey and the Pablo. <laughs> I want both! Give me! <laughs> no, really. I'm fine with anything.
0: And then which one do you want to give Kevo?
3: The woman putting a box over her head really feels like something Kevo would enjoy.
0: Okay, so first up, you found Tyler Posey at Tyler G. Posey. Responding to Miss Endler Bong at Tyler Posey would... Miss you, what's the next project? He says, at Spy Racers, a rad cartoon I did for Netflix, mm. comes out the day after Christmas, so I expect you to watch all of it before the new year. Boy, do we, we have, a have a podcast for you. For you.
3: And dude, he's going to love how much we talked about smoking out, I hope, because he's such a chill bro, and like, I'm totally going to subscribe to his OnlyFans just to watch him play guitar naked.
0: I'm I'm saying we love you, and boy, do we have a podcast for you. Because it feels like he that's on brand for Nico. now.
1: Yeah, that feels on brand, yeah.
2: Tyler Posey might be my tweets for the rest of this lap.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: and Joe you already got a point from serve me the guy liked the tweet so I'm going to say I'm going to count that next time but uh, the custom tweet I mean, that should
3: get extra yeah that should get like live flash point extra Ooh. and for you being so kind and generous and mentioning it you should get honesty points
0: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you Kevo you found bacon Nico at we are bacon Nico pop quiz see if you can catch which songs I'm singing on Netflix's spy racers gonna go hide in my blankets now okay thanks bye here's a hint Yoko, Yoka, 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 yoka! <laughs> Hashtag yoka, hashtag spyracers, hashtag fast and furious.
3: Did I actually find the Yoka vocalist? Yes I did. Oh, did oh, I find shit, that's, that's who she is? Did I find it earlier today? Yes I did. You were playing. Did I sit on this tweet for the game? Yes I did. Oh. We love you. Be our friend. Oh, thanks for giving me this tweet.
2: Yeah. I, I understand you're taking posey now. Thank you. I actually saved this one for you. He's so good to me. I'm here. saying we love spy
0: can? racers. We love yoka and we love your music. Boy, do we have a podcast. For you.
2: Thank you for including music. It's it's all about the music, really.
0: And Yoka, 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 yoga. Then we have a bonus run from Nico and Kevo. Watch or from Aaron Kaufman at just underscore tank. Watching Fast and Furious spy Racers with my kid. Pretty impressed how they adapted this for a younger age and older at the same time. The style is awesome. Boy do we, do we have, have a podcast, podcast for, you. for you and your kid maybe,
1: but and probably your- not. <laughs> No, probably not for the no.
3: kid. I think because of me, if nothing no. else. <laughs> I mean, you're just
1: constantly talking about nonsense. I mean, yeah, all the dicks probably wouldn't help either, but... Do kids
2: even listen to podcasts? I probably would have hung myself first.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was the only kid who was like, Mom, Dad, I need to talk to you guys about my inability to listen to NPR. For my eighth birthday, all I really want is an AM radio. And my parents were like, you're so damaged, kid. Here you <laughs> go. Anything to, just, anything to get you to stop crying on the bus. Anything. <laughs> It's still true today. <laughs> this one time, I had to do some weird shit on a bus, I am not proud of. <laughs> It's fine. It was just peeing. Yeah. And I almost had to pee in a bag, but then somebody finished their water to give me the bottle so that I wouldn't have to pee in a bag. That's, oh, that's not that bad. That's the tunnel though, We've man. Fucking tunnel. That's there. the Lincoln tunnel. This last one that I sent you guys, yeah. like you cut whatever you want to cut. Like part of the reason I like sending extra is because it just, it seems like I'm super into the game and I am into the game. I just enjoy playing games, but I also like the idea of finding reasonable reasons to broadcast the show a little bit louder. Yeah. This Pablo guy is actually one of the vector animators, which would mean he's one of the people who does the layout art before where they go in and style in the details with color shading. I think this guy might be one of the vector artists.
0: That's cool. That's really cool.
3: No, you found some great ones here.
0: Pablo at dirty sketch underscore more work for Fast and Furious, Spy Racers, DreamWorks, Netflix, concept art, animation. So you did some great work on the show. Boy, do we have a podcast for you.
3: What a fun show.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you guys loved it. Yes, yeah, same.
3: Oh, and I thought he meant you guys. Yeah, I actually meant you guys. I did not mean the Spy oh. Racers. <laughs> I meant the Joes. Yeah, I know you. That's Thank why I said something. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Very heartwarming. That's much better. I mean, I'm glad you're. That's you very heartwarming. Oh, you're so cute. Now I need a U plush. I get it a U at convention. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> No, I just really thought you were talking about spider Like, I'm really glad that they liked
3: it. No, I enjoy doing this a
1: lot. <laughs> Joey, what are you sandbagging us for with this tweet over here? I was waiting for Nico to stop
0: talking. What oh, you okay, to sorry, do?
1: sorry, never mind then.
0: You're so angry. Why are you gangbanging
1: on that? What are you so angry about? <laughs> no, nope. I'm not. Nope. I'm not, I thought you were... I thought, I, I'm you, the one who is talking about dicks, okay? I thought you were making a burner account to make a fake tweet to get extra points for the game. And I was just hoping you weren't cheating. That's all I was hoping for.
2: Can I rewind back to Joey saying he was waiting for Nico to stop talking?
1: (laughs) That's not going to happen.
0: I mean, it's like there was dead air. You guys were talking the entire time, right? It's fair. That's fair. So what I first did was I searched Fast and Furious Letty memory. And the top tweet, I was like, I'm on the fence about this. It's from 2015. It's from Jay. And he said, this is not the one I'm doing because I'm not sure how I feel about it. I need a girlfriend like Letty from Fast and Furious. Bitch lost all her memory and was still loyal, which, you know, uh, it's it's on the fence. I'm not crazy yeah. about that, but I found one that was better. I found from N at NZ Moody, I only watched Fast and Furious for Dom and Letty. Boy, do we, we have a have podcast, podcast for, you. for you. Yep. They're our favorites, too.
3: That person gets me. That person gets me on, like, a cellular level. Oh. I feel very seen. I, I, would like, I would like a modesty curtain, thank you. <laughs>
0: So we will see. I mean, we're already more successful tonight than we were all last episode because Joe already got one point. So we'll see Perfect. how this all turns out next week when we come back for Spires 2. But before we do that, one more game. Dude, what's my car? Dude, what's my car? What? your car, dude? So,
1: by the way, if I described a monster truck to you guys, what's the first thing that would come into your heads? Like, if there was like a monster truck with a name, what's the first one you'd think of?
0: The, a more specific oh, question is, name? do you know anything about the world of monster Truck-Zilla. trucks? Truckzilla. Is Truckzilla
2: a real thing? Did I make that up? Or is that like something from a cartoon? Well,
0: I said Source. Like, I think we're, we're thinking the same thing. Like, whether it's yeah. real or not. But yes, that's what I know. If I said the name Gravedigger,
1: would you have known what it was? No. I thought that was a wrestler. Okay. Right. No, oh, that's The Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Okay. Here's
3: the only thing I know about trucks. Number one. I like driving them. I like a nice big Ford F-150. I love a double back axle. That makes me real happy. I like absurdly large trucks. I love driving absurdly large trucks. I just don't think you can make a car big enough to fit my love of giant cars. (laughs) right I'm that guy and in a perfect world it would be purple with yellow accents (laughs) so it would be the biggest gayest car it would just drive like Joey like we were talking about this car would be Rob Halford driving down the street doing booty bumps oh by the
0: way I saw uh, there's someone in my town has an inflatable death riding a motorcycle inflated up for Halloween I was like oh that that reminds me of Rob Halford I almost took a picture I'm like I don't need to take a picture I can just describe it to him
3: we're so there for each other truly I have this horrible habit and Kevy kind of a little bit makes fun of me but in that sweet way that a husband should make fun of his husband whenever we drive by those like they have all the tractors out on the lawn places like,
2: oh yeah those places that sell the giant yellow earth movers yeah oh, okay. I always
3: think it looks like they're letting them outside to play together
2: <laughs> like it's a farm and they're roaming free <laughs> like and like cattle. I wave
3: at them yeah. yeah and like I'm convinced they're doing it on purpose <laughs> and that's when you say truck I either think Ford F-150 cause it's you know like my dick is a truck or I think of the cute little tackos and
1: stuff. Yeah, caterpillar stuff. Yeah. Caterpillar.
3: That's it. Yep. You read my mind. Good man. Yep. Yellow Caterpillar Farms.
2: The
0: reason Joe brings this up is because we had someone send in a picture of a monster truck, and I was like, I don't even know how to des- get to describe this to begin. And Joe was like, Oh,
1: that's Gravedigger. Everybody knows Gravedigger. I'm like, I don't know anything. Yes, about so I was just gauging this. I was just gauging whether or not because he didn't know it at all. So yes.
2: And everybody knows Taison Day too, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. True. I don't know why you're, I mean, you're laughing, but he's he's dunking on you here now too, right? So No, like, I'm not,
1: no, no, I'm not saying it like that. I was saying, did I have, did I have... Um...
2: It's possible he just has a good sense of humor about himself.
1: <laughs> Do, did I have an illusion that everyone knew Gravedigger, or was I right? And I think I have an illusion that everyone knew Gravedigger. I was trying to get another perspective. Yes.
3: I think illusion is a little too self-unaware. You had a joyful delusion and hope.
0: Yes. <clears throat> Tonight's car comes from Jerry.
1: Okay. What's up, Jerry?
0: (laughs) Subject line and another car pick. He says, I think I got Joe 2 on this one. Okay. It's a supercar. It's American. Costs about a quarter million dollars. Okay. It's silver. Perfect. Nico, do you want to take a shot in the dark here?
3: Okay. It's an American supercar and it's silver. Okay. So I think I'm going to call this... uh, No, I don't have anything. Is it the the Vin Diesel? Is it
0: new or old? By the looks of Wikipedia, it came out in 2012
3: begins hacking joey's computer to look up his internet browser history
0: <laughs> um is it a saline no and is... this is i i think for, if i'm reading this right if i'm in, understanding this right if i'm interpreting this correctly it is the this company's first car
3: is it a tesla of some sort no is the
0: company
1: around and is it big now
0: I don't know, but the wiki says is, not was, so I'm assuming it's still around.
1: Like, you don't know the the manufacturer. I've
0: heard of it, but I think I've heard of it because of video games.
3: Oh, is it an NVIDIA GeForce processor? It's
0: a 3090, and it's sold out.
3: (laughs) I get so fucking angry when I met, like, I I don't buy anything for computers to upgrade anything except sound cards and video cards. I just helped Jonah buy a new computer and every time i see him play on it i get so fucking angry because it was literally my dream laptop and he had the money for it and i was like no baby get this and he was like oh what a good idea and it's such a great computer pup thanks for recommending it to me and i'm like you're welcome <laughs>
0: You guys can't see my hate face, but it was funny. <laughs> I could hear it. Thank you. It was founded in 2009. They. It, this is from a series of cars. It is sporty. It's a two-door. It's very sleek and low-profile and aerodynamic. It kind of looks like a Dodge Viper, but cooler. It kind of looks like a... Okay, Maybe not So a it's Viper. one of
3: those cars that if I was watching a fail, they would have to get out of the car, remove the front of it to pull it up a driveway, and then put the front back on?
0: Yeah, I think that's not entirely unfair or inaccurate to this.
3: Okay, there's one of those on my street, so I'm very aware of it. And the guy like literally has to raise the car, get out of the car, take the fender off of the car, pull it into his driveway, and then put the fender back on. And then pull it into his garage because he can't put the fender back on in his garage because the garage is too small.
0: It's too much for me. So this car is a mid-engine, rear-wheel drive, two-seat sports car with a, probably going to get this wrong, monocoque? That can't be right. M-O-N-O-C-O-Q-U-E. Okay. Monocoque chassis. Monocoque? Built from aluminum, Coke? carbon fiber, and Kevlar.
2: No, keep saying cock.
0: But just one cock, just a monocock.
2: This is why that guy's son can't watch. We might as well get our money's worth.
3: <laughs> one time I made out with somebody I should not have made out with, and I wound up with monocock. It was
0: terrible. <laughs> the company later introduced an evolution model of this car that utilizes forced induction, i.e. a twin turbo system on its cubic inch 427 cubic inch V8.
1: What the fuck is it? Okay, so What's the What's the company?
0: No, I can't, I can't say the company because if you if I said the company you're going to know it, I think. It <sighs> seems like they've made two cars. They made a car that it's this is a number and a letter and then the other one is the same letter but a different number.
3: I got to be honest, this is starting to sound more like like I study roller coasters and stuff and this is starting to sound like an Intamin launch coaster more than anything and it's fucking freaking me out.
1: I was thinking about you the other day, Nico. I saw like one of the, like the Hyperloop from Kennywood was being sold. Oh, and I And I just thought about you (laughs) like it had just got sold. It was like it was at Kennywood forever. Then it went to Mexico for a while and then now it got sold somewhere else. And
3: they just don't make Hyperloops like they used to. (laughs) They just really don't make them like it's just not even fair. They just don't make Hyperloops right anymore. It left
1: before I was even like old enough to ride it at Kennywood. It was like very, very early in the 90s. So it's just not right.
0: I will say that
1: the the car the make is a bird. A falcon? Yeah. That was a guess. I don't know what the falcon is. A falcon L seven. You got the number right, but it's the a
0: falcon
3: F Zero Racing.
1: S seven. Nope. Wrong way. Wrong way in the <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> the M seven. A seven. What is it? The Falcon F seven. F seven see what this is
3: now all i can think of is Star Fox's dad
1: oh this has like a very bugatti front end i guessed on falcon i honestly didn't know what it was i can't admit that like so you never
0: heard of falcon before
1: nope i've never seen this car before it kind of looks like a mustang a little bit
0: well i said like a viper like it's got like an old like right. american yeah. muscle kind of sporty well not american muscle but like an american sporty whatever right
1: yeah yeah yeah. no this is really cool i've never heard of these before What does this like do? built in michigan the car will amaze yes yeah, that's badass. I like the back, too. Definitely a cool one. I, I didn't get it. Definitely not.
0: I think I'm almost positive that I've heard about it in video games. Like, the Falcon, like a, you know, just an American supercar would make its way into some video game at some point, I think, right? So Same. Yeah. And,
1: like, I like that the number is always a seven. I don't know why they always use seven, but it's, like, always seven.
0: <laughs> I guess the F is for Falcon. I don't know. But thank you, Jerry, for emailing them. If yes, you want to send in a car you. picture, family at cageclub.me. But, Nico, Kevo, thank you both so much for joining us. Can we please? So this episode comes out Tuesday, and so tomorrow 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 night, if people want to tune in, we are doing something special and cool. Can you please give an overview of what we're actually doing tomorrow?
3: I'm a longtime veteran of NYCC and the general East Coast panel circuit. I've been lucky enough to work with brilliant minds like Jay Justice and learn how to develop these panels. And having been a part of this show for a couple of weeks, I've had such an amazing time and you guys have introduced me to so much I've never thought about. My focus is always on inclusivity and diversity as a method of advancing fiction and storytelling there's no franchise that I've come across in a long time that's evolved more than the fan, uh, than the Fast and the Furious. So we're actually going to be doing an NYCC at home virtual panel for Fast and the Furious. Now this is going to be awesome. So instead of having to go down to the Javits, which, okay, is actually the best part of the world. <laughs> but instead of having to, you know, slog down to the Javits and wait in line, you guys are going to get to hop on to the NYCC at home YouTube. That's the same YouTube that houses all of Reed Pop's tremendous content, whether it's from SDCC or NYCC And if you happen to miss it, it's going to be housed in perpetuity. But we're going to be focusing on how how Fast and the Furious... I'm going to call it Too Fast Too Forever, and I keep calling it Fast Forever. (laughs) We're going to be focusing on how Fast and the Furious has evolved as a franchise and why it's special. And we're really excited to kind of get a chance to share this in a different form than we've ever shared it before. And I just can't believe you guys were willing to be part of this with me. I'm so excited because this has been, it just makes sense. This has been one of the most eye-opening experiences in media for me in my life. So I'm really excited to see this sort of phenomenal dissemination of an unexpected subversion of trope be played out on a major stage now I would be remiss if I didn't point out that NYCC this year is actually calling itself the Metaverse Metaverse. and the Metaverse is yeah it's actually also including another convention from England the Manchester convention which would happen around the same time it's really exciting this is multiple conventions coming together again one more remiss would be if I didn't mention LGBTHQ a nonprofit organization that is working to help us get the word out there about these phenomenal sorts of media they focus on all forms of inclusion Inclusivity and diversity. So if it's something that people might not realize there's something phenomenally cool and secret about, they try to help get a panel out there for it. And yeah, so we're going to be on YouTube streaming straight to the NYCC server.
0: I'm so excited. I think it'll be so a So what's the easiest way for people to find this, other than us tweeting at a link?
3: Absolutely. The easiest way is going to be to seriously go onto YouTube and, Google it. and search Pop <laughs> And Google it, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh, you son of a Ford Falcon F7. So... The easiest way is going to be hop right onto YouTube and search out Pop, and we'll be right there live streaming to you guys Wednesday at 7 to 7.30 p.m. It's a tight 30. They're pretty strict about that. I'm sure. And it'll be housed in perpetuity forevermore, so you'll be able to check it out too fast and too forever.
0: Yeah, and what awesome. else do you guys want to plug tonight? What else do you have going on podcast-wise, not podcast-wise, other Comic-Con panels? Anything you want to hit us with?
3: You might have missed some of them by this point, but... You'll be able to check them out on YouTube. Kevo and I are both part of an amazing Doctor Who panel on Saturday morning. Saturday morning from 8 to 8.30, we'll be doing Doctor Who and Women, why it has always been a franchise that included women in leadership and hero roles. We'll be comparing the idea of why one is a CEO and one is just the mother of a house when it comes to gender politics, and that's going to be a lot of fun to do IN SPACE! <laughs> From there, on Sunday, I'm going to be part of a panel examining the evolution of uh, diversity in comics at around 9 p.m. Sunday night on the Pop server once again. Monday and Tuesday, I have been lucky enough to be granted time to run back-to-back X-Men panels. Monday, we're going to be talking about the official X of Swords reaction panel, where NYCC has entrusted me and the crew of X's for Podcast to talk a little bit more about X of swords. So once again, Joey, thank you for giving me such an opportunity to house my voice here. Give, you know, more people a great chance to shine Tuesday. We're going to be talking about how some of us grew up reading the X-Men as kids and now we're fucking older than them and how it feels to have gone from looking up to Scott to looking at him as a younger brother and how that transformation has been a dynamic shift in not just how we live but how we interact with these fictional characters we have a lot of stuff going on all thanks to the amazing work over at inside the metaverse and in part thanks to lgbthq everybody just fucking killing it all over the place making sure that the mic is passed thoroughly
0: and in spite of all that katie pride or now kate pride still stuck in high school i mean come on guys let's let's get with it
3: she's just stuck there man but now she's got knuckle tats and it's a real serious thing
0: and a drinking problem i love her she's great i love her kevin what you got she's hard not to love
2: hanging out
1: Cool. Perfect.
2: I have no idea which panels I'm on. <laughs> I never do. I just sort of Lebowski my way in and talk wherever Nico asks me to talk. I'm pretty sure he just said the Kevo abides.
0: Will you keep people abreast of the situation on Twitter or should people follow you for other reasons?
2: Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevo Really K-E-V-O-R-E-A-L-L-Y. Same as on Instagram. And you can find our Facebook page for Husbands Talking More or Less at Real Nico Kevo Action. Want to hear me
3: be loud? Yep. Hear me out at Nico Action, N I C O A C T I O N. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord. Anywhere you can find me, I'm Nico Action.
0: Cool. So on Friday, Joe, you and I are talking about the brand new, out now to watch, Fast and Furious Spy Racers Season 2. And then next Tuesday, Nico and Kevo will be joining us once again to talk about that very same Spy Racers Season Mm 2. We'll see if there's Letty. We'll see if there's Tej. We'll see what's going on in Rio. We'll see what's happening if they're driving cars with their hands and their minds. I mean, I guess you always drive a car with your hands and your mind, kind of, (laughs) but like, maybe in a different way.
2: We know what you mean. We know what you mean. Yeah.
0: But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash fast 2 forever or at Too fast 2 forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at fast 2 forevercom Take the quiz. Check out the minute document. If you're the $10 tier or above, pick movies for us to watch. Get stickers, get swag, get merchandise, all those things at too Fast, too forevercom I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Kevo Reese and Nico Vassillo of Husbands Talking More or Less. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast Too Forever. And we'll tell you all about it.
1: we'll see you again.